Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, episode number 181. We are creeping towards show 200 here. We are here wrapping up the Outdoor Motocross Championship. The dogs are going wild outside for us. Got my Jetson 18 shirt on. About to buy some Jetson Championship gear in the next hour. You're going to see this live on the show. We're going to buy some Jet Lawrence gear. It's going to be awesome. I just have a Lion King shirt on. You have a Lion King shirt on, which is sick. I'm uh, pumped. You should show Ashley before you leave because she'll be stoked on it. That's I like her it. favorite movie. Oh, so. same here. Anyway, uh, show 181. So let's start off with our sponsors here. As always, want to thank our presenting sponsors. First off, Premier Custom Trailers. Justin, do you need a trailer? Maybe. Well, we got a new one. And I used it this weekend, and it went awesome, except for... You got fly on your head? Sorry, I don't have a fly swatter out here. It's okay. That'll get it. We got a gazillion flies. Yeah. Anyway, um, Premier Custom Trailers. We got our trailer. We Air used it this weekend at Redbud. I only pulled one hook out of the floor on the way there <laughs> with the bike. Jesus. <laughs> oh, whatever. Did you use the air conditioning? Uh, we did not. Didn't have to. It oh, didn't get good. that warm um, with the breeze and everything. It was nice. Oh, yeah. So we were we were good to go. Um, but the air conditioner does work. I have tested it. It does work. The trailer's awesome. Toes perfect. Stores everything. And it's so great at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Instead of driving up a ramp, I just got to put it in the trail up the ramp of the trailer, which is super easy. Uh, when I got home, all I had to do was unhook the trailer and took my wash barrel yesterday I and my that. power washer and was washing the bike between motos. I seen that. It was awesome. Nice. To not have that thing absolutely caked. I did, however, not fill the barrel all the way up mm -hmm. and uh, ran out of water before I got the bike completely washed down. So I had to wash the bike today also. <laughs> but at least it wasn't like all muddy and a mess. So anyway, premiercustomtrailers.com. If you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. And they do. Call up Rusty and the boys down there and tell them the Moto Aftermath show sent you. Didn't Rusty tell Cole that he wanted to come on the show at one point or something for... I don't know. Why. I don't know, man. Don't We've called we called Rusty once. Yeah. Didn't get speaking far. of Cole, he just, you know, randomly decided to text the group last night. Yeah. Haven't heard from him in I don't know, you know, how long. That's because that he wants some money in the industry idiots. Yeah, whatever. So I meant to ask him how much today I forgot. Um also want to thank our other two presenting sponsors. First off, Justin's current employer, BC Pizza, Gourmet Pizzas and Junk. Full menu of all sorts of tasty, tasty food. It's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time. So uh, bc.pizza, make sure to check them out. If you are in the Allegan, Plainwell, Otsego, Kalamazoo, fuck, we'll even call it Battle Creek area, make sure to check them out. Locations here in Kalamazoo and in Plainwell. 
And all over Michigan. And all over Michigan. So bc.pizza, check them out. And as always, been with us since the beginning, TLR Coatings, tlrcoatings.com, custom powder coating, coating, sandblasting, vapor blasting. They do it all. Make sure to check us out, tlrcoatings.com. Follow the Instagram for all the most up-to-date pictures and videos of cool shit that we are doing in the shop because it's awesome. Awesome. TLR Coatings. Also on board with us, some of our show sponsors. First off, Alias Sport with the CBD Pain Balm and the Chill Oil. That double Pain Balm works perfect. Does it? Yeah, I worked out on Saturday morning and uh, my shoulder was hurting really bad, so I just plopped some of that on there. It went away in like 15 minutes. That stuff I haven't used yet. That's still sitting over there for that point where I'm really going mean, to need it. I've used, I'd used these two up to this point, and yeah. I told you how the chill oil worked. That stuff worked really good. Yep. But that double pain balm, and I have bad shoulders this one anyways because I tore my rotator cuff. And uh, yeah, in like 10, 15 minutes, couldn't, couldn't feel it. It was it was good. I got a serious cramp in my hamstring last night, and I thought I was going to have to use it, but it went away after like five minutes, so I was good. But I would I would recommend anybody that uses it, this stuff, it's the 215 milligrams for like normal, but if you got like that or like this or something that's really, really hurting, the double yeah. pain balm is probably the way to go. Sweet. So, yeah, it's uh, it definitely, and we're not just saying this, it works really, really well. We have tested it. Yes. Both of us. Like I said, I've used it on my kid's knees. She has bad knees with like growing pains issues. I've used this on her knees. Works great. After like 15 minutes, she was like, oh, my knees don't hurt anymore, which is impressive because we've tried some of the over-the-counter stuff. <sighs> Doesn't always no. work great. No. And the chill oil is awesome. It will definitely uh, relax you. Yeah. It's uh, it's all very good products. And uh, anybody that knows us knows that we're not just going to say that. So it's good stuff. I don't want to blow Alias Sport. <laughs> but anyway, uh, aliasport.com. Also with us, Complete Racing Solutions. Got my new tumbler from them. That is only water in there, by the way, tonight, folks. Yeah, I was thinking on the way over here, I was, uh, I was thinking we should do a show, and I don't know when it would be or if it would like necessarily it wouldn't be able to be out during the season. We should just do a show where we just get absolutely loaded and just talk about moto. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. We just need to find out what we're going to talk about. I am in. All right, let's do it. Uh, dude, we could talk about a lot. So anyway, CompleteRacingSolutions.com. If you guys need help with training, Coach Rob is your man. He will help you out. Even if you're not a paying customer, you can email him with, with questions, comments, and concerns, and he can help you out with those. Um, so again, Complete Racing Solutions and the Moto E Academy, they're on board with us. Also on board with us, the Dirt Bike Depot, the dirt bikedepotcom I mean, basically brand new, gently used gear, all sorts of stuff. They have uh, memorabilia on the website. I think they're getting into like selling used bikes too, or doing listings for used bikes. Okay. I think I've seen. Um, they're on board with us. They are already signed up for uh, the 2022 season with us, also. So that's awesome. Um, again, Dirt Bike Depot. You can follow them on Instagram also, and they have post pictures of all sorts of stuff that they get. They get like the Team Rider beanies and shit like that for Red Bull and Monster and all that crap. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, also on board with us, JT Cycle, helping us out with prizes for the fantasy show. We do the fantasy show on uh, the Friday before the race. It comes out, so we obviously are done with the season here. We do giveaways and all sorts of crap like that for the fantasy show, so make sure to check that out. Same feed here. Uh, and we again, doing uh, one this weekend? Yes. So this week, just yes, to wrap up. Yes. Um, so again, thanks to JT Cycle for helping out with some prizes there. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. If you are list, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to just listen, because we know this is a long show. And don't worry, guys, I'm gonna cut up the shows here a little bit in the off season. 
We're going to make sure we're going to have lots of videos coming out in the off season. I have vlogs, moto vlogs from all year. We have bike builds we've been doing. We have, I'm going to cut up the show with some of the most juicy parts of it. Um, and we are going to do some off season shows. We're going to take two or three weeks off here. Um, because let's face it, it's been a long year. I'm a little burnt on uh, on doing shows, but then we'll do them probably every couple of weeks after that. So yeah, I mean, I would imagine we'll probably do the off season show in October, sometime yeah. end of October, um, just because obviously, as fact, we what is it the twelfth? Yeah, we well, may not do another show till October, to be honest yeah, with you. Well, and as we like to say for the millionth time yesterday on the broadcast, October one is when we you know get all the confirmation, and there'll still be some moving and shaking going on. Um, and then, like I said, we do a normal preview show for Supercross in December. Yep. Um, it's just like we kind of talked about the way home from Ironman. There's not as many off-season races um, to talk about, and there's not really much going on on this side of the this side of the pond during the off-season. Just the normal prep and uh, you know stuff like that. Yeah, um, and really October first is when a lot of stuff is going to hit. So we may wait till October to do another show because then we'll have some yeah. more stuff, interesting stuff to talk about. And the only, uh, the only race that I think that we could maybe get together and talk about, or we could just even do a phone in is, uh, the Paris yeah. supercross because yeah. both jet and Hunter and Mookie are confirmed for that. I thought Webb was going too. Webb is too. And yeah. I think Anderson, I saw somewhere where he was talking about it. So if it ends up turning out that all those dudes do show up, that would maybe be something of worth talking about. But other than that, I mean, just with all the crap going on, there's just not as many off-season races to talk about. So. Yep. All right. So first up on the show here, we're going to call friend of the show, all-around great guy, mentor to many, hated by a lot, the one, the only, Coach Rob here. How you doing, guys? We're great. How are you, sir? How's it going, sir? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a great season. I just can't believe it's over already. Say what? I yeah, know. Supercross is, what, three and a half months away already? <laughs> <laughs> God. Hey, who who's all with the show tonight? Uh just me and uh Justin are here. Yeah, Cole's not committed okay. anymore. Cole Cole isn't committed to the show anymore, so he only supposedly he's a supercross only deal as well. Kind of like Mars us, but we'll see what happens. Kind of like Mars. Gotcha. Don't get Fair ahead of enough. me. It's in my notes, okay? <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> Coach, I'm using my sick new uh Moto E tumbler here to drink water tonight. So it's great. There you go. It, there's legitimately water. That's not code for alcohol either, so Hey, um, I wanted to make sure that you like that because if you guys both like it, I can get another one out to you. But I was like, all right, I'd rather you check it out, make sure you like it. And like I said, I can I can send an all silver one or another black one. I just figured what I'd you, let you uh, kind of test drive it. Let me know what you think. What do you want? Do you want an all silver or a black one? Because uh, these are these are great. I'm actually wildly impressed when I got it. They're even like actual Yetis. I think the silver would be pretty cool. They're not off brand because like. I know Yetis are not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, no, that's okay. Um, we we have a, a a business partner who he's doing Cerakoting and doing some other things. Sick. And I said, I just kind of threw it up to him. I said, Hey, can you give me some Yetis? And uh, Mike McGuire's his name. He's got his own code coatings business. Um, not competing like with what you do, kind of like a little bit on a. Uh, not a little bit in a much in the same sentence, but he's he's kind of doing those one-off kind of like special build projects and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, he did them all. He did them all for us. We sent them out to all of our annual members. So is this Cer this is Cerakoted then? It is Sweet. after after it's been etched and then it's been coated and he's kind of gotten the process uh, finite uh, finalized and kind of a little bit dialed. And that that one of the the cub that you have is one of the two that we sent out to all of our annual members 
of our MotoE membership area just to say thanks for being a member. That and a pound of uh, Bump Start Coffee, which is um, Cole Sealy's company. Sweet. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's awesome. Like when I got it, coming from a coatings guy, when I got it, I was very highly uh, checking out the letters and stuff to see like how yes. good it looked, and it's it's good, it looks man. Good. Uh, and then does he use a laser to do the Yeti thing on the back, or was that all masking yep. too? Okay, nope that uh, that's all laser there, and then uh, the coating that goes with it. My big thing is, I mean, I don't want to sound arrogant because uh, that's not my intentions. I don't want to send out a generic piece. I'm a, I'm amazed how Yetis. You know, you pour a glass of water, it stays cold literally for hours on end. And I'm just like, we got to get that into our members' hands. So yeah, he's got to contact at Yeti, and that's what we're sending out. Sweet. Uh, like I said, you guys let me know what you want. I'll make sure the show has as many as I need. We won't send one to Cole. We'll make that <laughs> wait till Supercross. But uh, we'll make sure that you guys are set up. Yeah, we, uh, we got to get Justin one because we were just sitting here talking about how we need to do a show where we just get loaded and uh, <laughs> talk moto. So he, he definitely needs one so that he can sip out of it also. Yes. <laughs> well, let's let's do this then. Why don't we do a show where everybody, you know, what is, I, I was not a drinker in high school, I apologize, or college because I was racing bikes professionally. What's that game where like somebody says a word and everybody has to drink? No. Oh, um, yeah. Shit. What we actually it? did this once during, uh, what was it? We did this during a Facebook Live thing once. Yeah. Uh, there you go. We did it during Supercross. Yeah. Though, for the Vegas, the Vegas round. I don't know. Yeah. I know what he, I know what coach is talking about, but me and Travis did this during uh, the infamous Zach Osborne, Joey Savachi race. And let's just, <laughs> we were we were pretty toasted. Yeah, what was Ralph saying that night that we were we dude, were like, dude, every time he says I this, know. it yeah. didn't take more Something than three useless. laps, and we were pretty uh, yeah, I was pretty like hammered. six, and it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what we can do is we can make it the moto we shot or something like that. You know, yes, um, maybe we can do some uh, giveaways on the show. Um, obviously, the three of us have a special announcement that um, once I get some new logos over to you, we'll make a couple new announcements. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be by the end of September, but uh, yeah. Like you said, let's uh, let's have some fun with the listeners. Uh, I love watching your numbers grow. I love seeing the comments. Congratulations to both of you guys. Looks like uh, the numbers are growing quicker and quicker. So it says a lot about what you guys are putting together, you know, both on YouTube as well as on podcasts. Good job. Oh, well, thanks, Thank Coach. You, sir. We're just uh, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, basically. So Yeah, and the people definitely <laughs> yeah. like the one with Johnny last week. That was for sure. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Uh, and what about uh, what about Morantz? You guys may have already started talking about it, but what about Morantz getting that chance with? Uh, I, I still call call it BTO. I can't. There's 37 acronyms uh, on yeah, the team the nowadays. Rocky, Rocky Mountain, Mountain BTO Sports, BTO, AWO. I don't yeah, know what the hell it is. Whatever. Yeah. No. No. That was Brand, great. Brandalism at its finest. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> did you talk to him? How do you like the bike? Um, we haven't actually talked to him uh, yet. He's coming on after you. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he called or he I found out some somebody on YouTube actually commented like Moran's is on on BTO this weekend. And I'm like, what? well, the word came out on what Thursday, I think it was. I don't know. Are it you? was like Joey wasn't riding yeah. and they called Kev. Kev literally, I think, was at the track with his stuff. And well, they were like, hey, you want to ride? Yeah. And remember, well, he had kind of been, you know, <laughs> and talks with them to begin with. But you yeah, know. I'll be interested because I asked him. I did talk to him Friday night. Um for like 15 minutes and i was like so are you putting like your suspension on the bike or anything like that he's like nope it's just joey's bike and i'm just riding it and i'm like oh, wow boy. i think all he okay. said i think all he said in the interview i think it was with anton okay uh, on friday uh i think the only thing that he told him is is he basically got on the bike and adjusted the bars and the levers and that was it well 
I think uh, pretty he, much that sounds like it. And maybe he, they probably did a gearing change. He went seventeen eleven. So yeah, and he was running. He was running tenth for a while that second moto. And I when he gets on, we'll talk to him about it. But yeah, I mean, and I think also just having what a half a day to get the bike dialed in, like yeah. that was probably part of it too. Whatever. I mean, yeah, it, cool experience. I, for I, him. I'm going to be really. Oh, I, I, what I'm interested in is getting his feedback on like the delivery of the power. You know, uh, talking with Jeremy Martin. When we were at the goat farm, I had Dungey and Jeremy Martin was there. The discrepancy between his race bike and his practice bike was huge. And for, for him, I'd be very interested. Is it dramatically that much better? You know, you hear about uh, maybe getting the, uh, all the gearings coded and all that. Like, is, I want to know all the little small nuances that he'll pick up on. Delivery of power, shifting ease, delivery of power, just that whole spectrum. Uh, I always love hearing him when he's on your show, so I can't wait to get his, his perspective on this. I would just wish they would create a place for him long term. I mean, it looks like Max Anstey, of course, and um, uh, Mac Rath are definitely going there. But I think it'd be so cool. And I heard he got a fill, and I'm like, how? man, just keep him. Don't let him go away, you know? Yeah. And he told us Indiana, wasn't Iron it? Man. Yeah, that he was he was in line for a fill in there if they needed someone. Um, okay. so he, he'd already had an idea that he was in line there. If something were to happen, granted, I don't think any of us really thought that the last round of outdoors was going to be that time, but well, also yeah. nobody really knew Joey had all these issues going on either, which good on him for, I guess, keeping it a secret, but uh, what issues does he have going he's on? Been, I didn't even been, know he's been sick, like oh. since Washougal and <laughs> this is another, well, Coach is the perfect person to talk about this. So we talked about it before, but all these guys getting sick all of a sudden. Oh boy, be but careful the, how we talk. We don't need to be like Cooksey no, and the coach. Yeah, We're I'm not, not trying to get kicked off I'm YouTube I'm not here. doing that. My, my thing is that, <laughs> that concerns me with Joey, and everybody who watches the show knows that I really do like Joey, even with all his faults. The scary thing is is that he is telling people he doesn't know why he's sick. Like he did all the tat the the bullshit COVID test. He did the wow, blood test. I haven't heard that before from Ken Roxon. Yeah. But with Joey, though, <laughs> the thing with Joey is, is like he's never really been in this position before. So, yeah. like, the fact that he's telling people, like, he doesn't know why he's sick and what's happening with his body, like, that's a little concerning to me, especially considering he, for the most part, had a really good summer, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, the, we talked about it before until the last couple rounds. He was one of the top finishing KTM guys consistently. And then just for him yep. to not know why he keeps getting sick, like, that's a little. That's concerning to me, you know, so I don't know. I mean, well, if you go back, you can't watch it on YouTube, but you can listen to it on all the major podcast platforms and mm -hmm. listen to two episodes ago of Cooksey and the coach. Mm -hmm. They die. <laughs> they dive really deep into the uh, current situation of health that's going around the United States. And that's how I'm going to phrase this. Um <laughs> And uh, it, I believe in that they make the connection somewhat between uh, all these dudes who are now suffering from Epstein Barr mm -hmm. and whatever, and the current health situation going on in the world. All I know is, is if I heard Weege say COVID one more time yesterday, oh I was, my god, I, I was gonna jump through, through the fucking, I was gonna jump through the fucking screen and beat his ass. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you said COVID like 30 times in one moto. Stop. It that was a mess. That was a mess. With that was so annoying. Talking about that, but all right, boys, let's um, let's talk about this race a little bit here, though, because uh, one of the things that we've gotten requests for from a couple of different people, and you've been around for this, Justin, mm -hmm. is that we don't do as good of a job covering the race as we used to. 
Yeah, I still so, want to know that guy. We never got his name. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to text you, Chiz and ask. Have, yeah, have you told, talk, told Coach about this? We got <laughs> Coach, we got called out at Iron Man by one of the guys from 3D, a Southwick local. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you guys are on that talk shit podcast. Uh, you guys do a really good job of breaking Ooh. down the races, but when you're not talking about the races, it kind of sucks. <laughs> he did, too. Oh, jeez. Okay. Like, he, wasn't, he wasn't rude. Like It was funny. We were waiting to talk to Kyle or whatever like uh, on Friday, but like we just go over there, and he's like, yeah, you guys are from that. Uh, but, and then he just straight up said to our face, and I'm like, well, only a dude from the Northeast would just straight I mean, up call say, out. Definitely us. a Northeastern guy, not scared to say anything to us. <laughs> but then he like followed us around, and he called Travis Kept a terrorist, terrorist and called me an insurrectionist. It was a little yeah. weird. It was fucking great. <laughs> Love that guy. I need to get. We need to get him on the show. Hey, dude. He said when we're at, if we go to uh, Foxborough next year, oh, God, he'll, get, yeah, he'll get us. Some, what was that? Lobster. Yeah. He's like he'll cook us some lobster. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dude, I'm so far there out. I'm go. going to New York. Now you're Fuck talking. that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> no way. New York and California, I really don't want to go to. We are talking about going to A1, but fuck. Yeah. Ugh. I just thought it was there funny. He's like, yeah, I'll cook you guys some lobster. Just wait to go to Foxborough. I'm like, dude, you're going to be cooking lobster when it's like 22 degrees out? What do you mean? Yeah. Coach, you've been to, like, you've been to Southern California here. It, how bad is it right now? <laughs> well, I uh, was talking to one of our clients, and with the rain and stuff that they've gotten, it's 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 actually not been too bad at all. Um, I as Chris and I were talking about, I wasn't even sure talking to some of the people out there. If they hadn't got that rain, I would be a bit surprised if we went back to Paula. But yeah. uh, they got they got the rain. It just seemed like the fire stopped. The wind slowed down. Air quality was good. I, I was glad not to hear, um, you know, Jeff or anybody talk about the air quality <laughs> being so bad. We didn't hear the riders talking about it. So uh, it seems to have gotten a little bit better. It still blows my mind that people are vacating their houses because the fires are so close. Uh, just something I can't even really relate to. That just seems pretty, you know, incredibly scary. What about, uh, what about with the current health situation in the oh, world God. out there? Cause that's, <laughs> that's where I get a little nervous with California's whole situation and going there. I apologize. Uh, either my phone or your phone broke up. What, oh. what was going on there? What about the current health situation of the world out there? Like, is like, what's it? What's it like uh, being in California with all of the uh, things going on there right now? You know, I think I think typical media has blown it out of proportion. We're we're in Bryson hmm. City right now, which is in North Carolina. We've been here for a week. Um, I held a couple of endurance camps. We shot uh, some video for a, an upcoming digital product. And when we before we got here, people had warned us that North Carolina was like crazy mask mandate. We had not literally seen one mask mandate anywhere. Hmm. You see some elderly people in the grocery store that are, you know, and I respect that they're elderly. I wouldn't want to get sick. But uh, when we were in California, we did not see the mask situation the way that the media uh, likes to convey it. In fact, we didn't and were not requested to put a mask on to go into any restaurant. And we were in San Diego for two weeks straight. Hmm. So I just don't believe the media anymore. And it's we uh, we have a team in Australia, uh, an amateur motocross team that's managed by uh, Tim Lawler. And it's amazing to talk to them because like when all the riots were going crazy. Yeah. They're like, man, are you going to live tonight? <laughs> I mean, the, the the message that gets conveyed is that this country that we love, especially on the you know, day after 9-11, this media is so out of control that the, the mis-message that they convey, we're all running around gasping for air, we're dying left and right, we're shooting each other. It, this media is just absolute hogwash. 
And it's not until you talk to other people. We have a pretty strong presence in the UK. And we have five facilities that we're getting ready to open over there. And we can't go because I refuse to take the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's just an executive decision. What's staggering is you talk to the guys in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the only thing that gets pushed out of the United States is we hate each other. We're trying to kill each other. Our economy has gone to hell in a handbasket. Everybody's health is horrible. I'm like, I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry that that's what you're seeing, but I'm not seeing it anywhere. And since COVID hit a year and a half ago, Michaela and I have been across the United States five times, two of which we drove. That was right when COVID hit and we committed to Whiskey Throb. <laughs> well, you know how it is. I mean, oh, you yeah. guys own your own businesses. We had committed to Whiskey Throttle. We had committed to Daniel Blair at Main Event Moto. We, our dates were on the calendar. COVID hits. We weren't sure if flights were going to be canceled. We freaking just rented a SUV, ate out of the back of a cooler, and we drove our, ourselves across the country. I'm not looking for Yatta boys. My point is we have not been sick yet. We are, in, I mean, I'm literally in North Carolina today. I drive home tomorrow. I fly to Utah on Thursday. I'm there for 10 days. We're home for three days, and then we're, we're back on a plane. Um, life goes on. Uh, am, I, am I sounding, you know, arrogant or disrespectful to the virus? No. But like we talked about, it's, it's a virus. Yes, people are dying from it. But what people have a tendency to take out of context is why, what is the comorbidity issue associated with those that have the virus? The last statistic I saw, now, of course, statistics, they can say whatever number you want. I'm hearing 76% of the people that have died of COVID also had another health issue, diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, et cetera. So if the government wants to do any of us a favor, why don't they give us a free gym membership? <laughs> I know my buddy, so I know true. my buddy Ken Laurie, who owns n- numerous gyms, send him a check for $20,000 a month and let X amount of people come in and work out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I'm all for free rights. I, unfortunately, I lost my mom to cancer. She died, literally suffocated to death because she smoked for 45 years. Okay. If you want to really help the Americans out, what about just doing something about smoking? Again, I know that there are some of our listeners that smoke and that's their right. But this whole idea that, again, the, the government's out there trying to make us healthy by taking a vaccine just doesn't even make any sense. I would like to see gym memberships. How about getting a discount on health care? You know, if you can go in and, and have a certain criteria of health evaluation where your health insurance goes down because you work out three days a week in the gym and you walk a mile a day. I don't know. It's, this isn't rocket science. But, yeah, we certainly are seeing the focus being put in the wrong place. That's for darn sure. Sure are. So, all right, now that we've gone through our health of the world talk, (laughs) (laughs) let's talk, let's talk some racing here. So, um, 450 class here. Let's start with Dylan Ferrandis. Yeah, we need to stop uh, thinking that he just, because we had talked about this with Johnny last week, what Dylan was going to show up. Yeah. Pressure's off. He wins the title. Are we going to see this crazy battle with Eli? Or is he going to do what most champions do after they win the title and just kind of you know, lay back, you know, just go out there, try to make it through vacations next week. It's coming and then just get ready for Supercross. I think we just need to realize that Dylan, that's just not how he's wired. man. Well, hold up. Hold up now. So I was listening to the post-race uh, mm-hmm. interviews today with a certain uh, 
uh, uh, Schmolpam X guy. Oh, uh, douchebag. Okay. Jesus, God. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, <laughs> anyway, and uh, Sorry, no he literally anyway. said that in that second moto where he got caught up with shock in the first corner, mm-hmm. he... He pulled in to the mechanic, or the mechanics came running over, whatever, got the bike out, and he was literally about to go back to the truck and just take his gear off and just chill. No, no. He, I, I he, mean, was, he was literally like, oh, screw it. I don't care. I'm just going to call it a year. And then they were like, no, the bike's good. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll try to ride and see. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's fine. And like, I didn't know that because, once again, like I've told you before, like, I just, there's certain people I just won't listen to anymore when it comes to the media. But I just mean even that first moto. Like, oh, yeah. he didn't have to go after Kenny like he did. No. Like, he didn't just say, hey, man, I'm second. You know, Eli goes down. I got this gap on Coop. Like, let Kenny have it. And then you just realize that, oh, Dylan's not wired that way. And, and be that as it may, and I, and I totally get that if he'd just be like, ah, I'm going to pull off. But the fact, though, that let's be real, once again, it wasn't as hot as it was at Paula, but it was still 95 degrees out. Yep. Track was almost blue grooved in spots concrete square edge rounded edge every every edge you could imagine in dirt bike terminology and the fact that he came from might as well have been dead last because half the people that were the only, the only four people that were behind him in that in the first turn pulled off so yeah. he might as well have been last yep and he works his all the way mm-hmm. works all the way up to third like once again most guys in his position have been like I- i'm just gonna go and finish this race i'm gonna get paid yep. for being here and then i'm gonna go home and then i'm gonna go on vacation with my wife and celebrate all the millions of dollars I just made for winning this title. Yeah, but exactly for him, and this is once again, and I know that people, the listeners, probably are sick and tired of me doing this. It's what I love about Dylan is, is, and he said this, and it's actually getting annoying now that Weech keeps bringing this up. His version of having fun is is riding his dirt bike. Yep. Whereas a lot of people, and obviously they can have lives like this is their job. This is how they make money. You know, surfing, golfing, whatever. And Dylan just goes, "Well, that's not why I came to this country. I came here to win and ride my dirt bike." And he just wants to go win. And it's like, for me, I go, dude, this is why I love this guy. And it's why, honestly, and I can't remember what show it was we talked about this, but it's like, Dylan, I feel the narrative is changing on him. And I fully believe at the end of next year, maybe even during Supercross, that Dylan is going to become one of the fan favorites, if not one of the most favorite guys in the pits, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe you guys see it different. Maybe other people do. But once again, and we heard it at Ironman, Dylan got one of the loudest pops on the podium. And I understand it's an outdoor race and it's not Supercross. But still, coming from a guy that little less than what, maybe a year ago now, he was hated. Not even. Yeah, not even yeah, a year ago. I guess, even. Yeah, I guess you're yeah. right. It hasn't even been a year. He was absolutely hated. Yeah. The most hated dude, you can honestly say, in American Moto. And now people just fucking love him. And I think it's because he's so raw. He's so raw. Raw dogging. <laughs> Jesus. He, he, he expresses his emotion. And he says the one thing that a lot of guys don't is, is dude, I just want to ride my dirt bike. Which kind of is like a throwback thing to like what it used to be back in the day, where I just want to, I just want to, I just want to go fast, and it's what just I love. A chance exactly, yep. and it's what I love about him. And I don't know, like I, I we should have known better when we made when we talked about this on last week's show. But Dylan just he's got that lion instinct, like he just doesn't give up, and it's like I said, it's the reason why moving forward, I think he is going to be the guy to beat in both Supercross and outdoors. Hmm. Which, in his opinion, he's like, yeah, I just hope to win another title. <laughs> Which is fucking amazing to me. Like, dude, you yeah. just crushed it the entire year. And you're up here saying, ah, I hope to win another title and maybe I'll win a Supercross title. Yep. I don't know. Coach, thoughts on Dylan? It's interesting. I had a guy in YouTube comments say, um, why is it that a lot of the teams are going overseas? The gentleman mentioned the Lawrence brothers, Ferrandis, Roxon, Marvin. And 
if you go back and you listen to Whiskey Throttle and you listen to the Lawrence brothers on there and the fact that their dad is like, hey, look, we're going to go the route of Europe, learn how to, you know, eat on a budget, live pretty much on a you know pool table. And there isn't a writer out there that has those experiences, whether it's riding on different tracks from low mole all the way to just total shit tracks. Um, that's what the teams are looking for. You know, they don't want a rider that's going to complain that I didn't win today because it was blue groove and edgy or it was deep and loamy or it was, you know, extremely rutted and deep. And that's what you're seeing with these European riders is they've seen, I mean, think about the MXGP, think about how broad spectrum those portfolio of venues are. And when you look at bringing that full circle, I know that I would love to have somebody that has that experience that's already gone through eating foods that they're unfamiliar with, riding in tracks that are out in the middle in no man's land that aren't perfectly groomed. And, you know, I, that's what I commented to the guy on YouTube. And I think with Ferrandis, I, you have a couple things. First of all, you have Ferrandis. I don't know his story as intimately as we do like Chad Reed, where he and Ellie came over with nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of Ferrandis's deal. I know that um, on the broadcast, they were talking to his wife and, Uh, She was saying, look, we just pretty much packed everything up and it's just, you know, Dylan and I, you have that. And then who's his riding coach? Who's his mentor? Who's who's the guy in his corner? And DV would go out and he would do well. And who's over there yelling at him when he comes off the track like you're a freaking spud. (laughs) So DV does a great job of keeping that bar of accountability up. And I think, and this isn't, when you look at, Dylan Ferrandis, and he gets his ass chewed by DV. <laughs> he doesn't get butt hurt. He listens, and he goes out and he applies what DV is talking about next weekend. And I think, just like you were saying, though, Justin, you carry that mindset into Supercross next year where all he wants to do is just keep winning. He doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about the accolades. Uh, Jeff Emig commented about it. The fact that Dylan doesn't see himself as one of the greats. Which like is crazy Jeff said, to me. After this weekend, he put himself up there. Uh, both of you have already mentioned it tonight. You know, he didn't have to charge the way he did, but he did. Whether that's fear DV, whether it's just, doesn't matter what the it is. What I can tell you is there are a lot of 450 riders right now that are looking at their program going, how am I going to beat Dylan? It, it doesn't matter what color bike, whether it's Roxon and Sexton, whether it's going to be AP and um, Anderson, excuse me, AC and Anderson, whether it's going to be AP and Webb and Marvin, all of those guys are looking at Dylan as he's the guy to beat, not Cooper Webb. And I will argue that with anybody. I know Cooper Webb's a defending champion, but like what, what Justin was just saying, the fact that Dylan pushed as hard as he did when he air quotes here, didn't have to. And the idea that you got DV that keeps raising the bar yeah, they're going to go out and they're going to eat some of their French cheese and some of the <laughs> stuff that they talked about on the podcast. But I guarantee it won't go probably longer than the beginning of October. And DV is, whip is out, structure has been reset, let's go. Mm-hmm. Supercross champion, here we are. I think one of the most Im- be interesting. impressive things to me, and obviously, Coach, you're the person to talk to about this, his, his cardio, his, his fitness – is honestly, I mean, I know we, we put Ricky on this standard of 
the most physically fit guy we've ever seen put a leg over a dirt bike. And I don't know if anybody will ever debate that. There's some other guys that you can put in that. You know, you got the guys over in the GPs, guys like Hurlings. Steroids you know. are a hell of a drug. <laughs> but horrendous, his, I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if I've ever seen that dude get tired. Like his, no. his, the dude isn't so much. And then that's the thing is, is like, obviously we know, and this is no disrespect to DV, but DV, he might have him on a program, but he's more of the, the mental side, the riding coach. I want to know if he specifically has a, a fitness coach, what he's doing. If he brought some of this stuff over. Yeah, it's it. called DV. Yeah, but see, DV, though, I don't know how. No, DV gives him his fit, his workouts also. See, but I'm wondering where DV is getting it, though, because let's be honest, DV has never been a fitness guy. He's he never... DV. He knows what he's doing. Okay? okay, well. You can ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah, I know. Well, I can... <laughs> I'm not going to go into this whole tirade. Listen, he'll tell you. Yeah, I'm not going to this whole tirade, but I can argue that a little bit. I mean, I watched DV's career a lot back in the day, and he was never the most physically fit guy. But I just, I, I, for me, that's the most impressive thing about Dylan is, is that when you watch these other dudes and they're coming off and they're gasping for air and they're sweating and this and that, Dylan just looks like he got off a Sunday cruise. And it's like, dude, I don't know if we've seen a guy that's this. I mean, Eli, people like to talk about Eli, but sometimes even Eli, you know, he has his moments. Whereas Dylan, Dylan just looks like he never gets tired. And mm-hmm. I just, whether you want to talk about steroids, EP, whatever he's doing, I don't know. But that's just the most impressive thing to me is, is what was it? Was it Bud's Creek we talked about this? No, it was last week at Paula. Well, no, Bud's Creek was another one, too, though, because it was the first really humid, humid race we had this yeah. year. And everybody's just there just gasping for the air, like chugging down water. And Dylan just sits down on the cooler, and he's like, oh, that's cool. I could do another 35 if you want me to. But what I was most impressed with was last week at Paula, you got, after the first moto, you got uh, Kenny, and, Kenny Eli. and Eli go straight back to the truck. Dylan goes to do the interview, doesn't even take his helmet off when yeah. he gets there. He's just sitting there, full <laughs> gear, full helmet, in this heat, just like talking to people like, yeah, what's up? Like, it's cool, whatever. And everyone else is like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Yeah, and I just, to me, <laughs> to me, Coach, that's just, I don't know, I guess that just also shows his commitment and how dedicated he is to being the best he can possibly be. But it just, that's the one of the things that most amazes me about him is, is like, the, just, the dude looks like he could go old school and do hour-long motos like we used to do at the USGPs. And like I, I don't know, I, I just I got to commend them. Their their program is obviously working, but to me, that's the craziest part about Dylan. Yeah, you're 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 right on the money there. When you look at these guys, you know steroids aren't as much of an issue as BPO, corticosteroids, HGH, human growth hormone. That's what we call the cocktail in the endurance world. That's the magic combination. Um, EPO increases the red blood cell count. HGH allows you to recover quickly. Corticosteroids is an anti-inflammatory. So. Um, yeah, steroids, if, if you saw somebody with steroids um, and somebody that may want to go down a kind of a visceral mindset, when you see somebody with steroids, you'll see a lot of facial hair. You'll see the squaring off of the forehead. You'll see the separating of the front teeth. Super wet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, somebody who never had to shave before now is having to shave twice a day. Um, it's, those are some pretty definitive outlines on it. Uh, the other thing that you got to keep in mind too is when you when you hear a, a lot of complaints about arm pump, when there's a lot of synthetic HGH that's being utilized, you look at this. I mean, look down at your forearm. Look at the diameter of your forearm. So what ends up happening is there's a connective tissue called collagen, and collagen it thickens. It thickens with the use of synthetic HGH. So a lot of times you hear guys complaining about arm pump. And that's another indicator of HGH. Um, again, this isn't hearsay. This isn't throwing anybody under the bus. This isn't 
pinning it to anyone who complained of arm pump this year, just as a physiologist. And if you, if you talk to people who, you know, they just know if you put this item in the human body, here's the physiological changes. And then, you know, unfortunately the physiological changes create other ouches. I've got arm pump, I've got whatever the, it may be. So it's, it is pretty fascinating when you get a little bit more in tune with what PEDS performance enhancing drugs are in the system and then listen to the complaints that we hear afterwards. Um, I got a couple uh, text messages and DMs this past week about fatigue. And one of the comments was, is how can our sport have such a high level of, whether you want to call it Addison's disease, Epstein-Barr, <laughs> chronic fatigue, all these fatigue-related issues? <clears throat> very, very simple. We are the only sport that requires our athletes our pros in particular to be on for 45 weeks a year. Yep. So 45 minus 52, that doesn't leave you a lot of time to regroup. So if you look at endurance sports like triathletes, you look at professional cyclists, those guys are the master of ped programs. Everything that we're seeing in motocross is nothing more than a filtration down from the cycling community. It is what it is. What I find interesting is like you look at Ironman Hawaii, those men and women will train for eight to nine months for one year, or excuse me, for one race. Now, they'll do other races along the way, but then what they do is they will cycle off. Where am I going with this thread of thought? The body gets a chance to recover. We don't allow that for our riders. Because you've got to remember, think about any motorcycle you've ever modded. Think back to when you took a 125 and made it a 144. Did you run it? You know, let's just say you, were, you, you uh, put a 144 kit on a Yamaha. Did you go and run a YZ85 chain on your 144? <laughs> Maybe. <No. laughs> Travis, you would. You know. <laughs> Who knows? But Depends on what people have a tendency. Well, that's what people lose sight of is you, you mod one component of the system. Well, now you leave the rest of the system fatigued. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the rest of the system can't catch up. And we see torn ligaments, torn lig- uh, muscles, tendons, ligaments. We see excessive levels of fatigue because – if you guys jump on your motorcycle and you ride it in second gear and you take it about around Millville for 45 minutes, even though the motorcycle is brand new off the showroom, what level of stress did you just put up on that system, on that machine? It's going to grenade soon. (laughs) That's exactly it. And that's why we see such a high, now I'm not saying everyone that's complaining about fatigue is, is under this umbrella, but there's some incredible amount of consistencies amongst the attrition rate. I was I was making a list uh, watching the race yesterday. Think about both classes. Look at 250. Who's out of 250 right now? Jalik Swall, Robertson, Ed Husky, McAdoo, Handmaker and Smith at PC, Amart, Jeremy Martin at Yamaha, Nichols at Yamaha, March Thrasher. Banks, Thrasher, Thrasher, Brown, Yamaha. Thrasher at Yamaha. Jump over to 450s. Barsha, Muskan, Sexton, AP, Osborne, Anderson, AC, Savachi, and Wilson. Now, what did we hear from Savachi? Don't know what's going on. What did we hear about March Banks, Addison's disease? What are we hearing about, you know, and it's, to me, it's, and I know that we've talked about this on this show previously, where is the accountability to the people who have run and ruined these athletes? I don't, it doesn't matter. Choose any of these 20 riders. They go through a facility, they go through a quote-unquote trainer, they go through whatever, and yet the athlete gets diagnosed and now their career, now the person that was training them 
is not responsible to give back any of the money that they received as quote unquote an expert because I believe I don't I don't like the word trainer again it's very adulterated these days but as a human performance specialist as a physiologist if I ever ruined an athlete if I ever had an athlete that was accused of a ped like Brock was I would freaking t- I, w- I would spend my last dollar exonerating him to validate why that that test cannot be true of course unless the test is is, is actually an accurate assessment. <laughs> well, that's like but to be left, but to be left in no accountability is, is to me is disgusting. Well, that's like Robertson. Like he's literally been out since Millville, and every time they go to the injury report, now I have a little bit more information on him as to why he, what his original injury was going into the season. But they literally go on the report and they go uh, unknown. <laughs> like they don't. They literally have not come out with a press release as to why Styles has been out since Millville. Like they just say unknown every time. We don't know. He's just been out since Millville. And, you know, it was kind of the same thing with, with, with Seth. Like, obviously, everybody kind of knows what's, you know, gone through with Seth, and we're not going to go through that whole thing again. But, like, when he was out after, what was it, when he decided to take time off, was it Thunder Valley or High Point? Thund- I think that's the Thunder yeah, Valley. Two or three yeah, rounds yeah. he just yeah. said, like, he was dealing with an illness and dealing with some stuff. Yeah. And then they just kind of came out with, oh, hey, like this and that. But it's like, I don't know. Just when I see that, I'm like, it's just so frustrating. It's like, come on. Well, like, think, we kind of about know. think about how asinine this is, because you have Seth Hamaker who, on his own, went on social media saying, "I've been diagnosed with Epstein Barr." Yep. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because it's not felled and now it's MX Sports. I don't know if it's because the platform has changed. Now the discussion is, why is Seth Hamaker not racing? Unknown. Yeah. Really. Do we have? Do, does the media think that we're that short memory? I mean, I'm 53. My memory's not the best, but my goodness, I can remember that it wasn't that long ago that Seth Hemmaker went out there and said, "Hey, I have Epstein Barr." Okay, but then for the media to go out and spin it and go, "Yeah, we don't know why he's not here," and then it was just like the same bullshit that you saw with um, Jacob. Yep. I think I think they totally screwed the pooch on Jay Coop. If you told me that I'm having a hard time beating you and you have a broken thumb, that would have screwed my confidence up. Cause I'm thinking if I can barely beat you with a broken thumb, holy shit. Oh yeah. But instead, but instead nobody wanted to talk about it. Jay Coop's on his a game. Right. And then every weekend he's just a little bit off the mark. What does that do for my confidence? I'm going to freaking pounce on you like white on rice, like a spider monkey, and I'm going to kick you in the back of the head. Well, that's like, I think Hunter, I think Hunter, and I said this to Travis at, at Iron Man because he was just off the whole entire day. I think Hunter is actually, I think, and this is just speculation on my part. I don't know anybody that's been close to him. I haven't heard anything. Just watching how his rides have gone since Southwick and then watching him at Iron Man, the way he was riding the bike, I think that Hunter's got some issues going on. And I don't know if we'll ever find out. I don't know if a press release is going to come out. But if you just watch him, and I know he was a little bit better this weekend, but I think there was some also some other factors that played into this. And it's not like he's been terrible. It's not like he's been 19th. But I think that just watching him, I think that he's got some issues going on, and I don't know if that's what he changed in his program that allowed him to make it through Supercross and then it wasn't working for outdoors. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know. But just watching him makes me believe that he's got something going on, and if he does, more power to him for him for gutting it out through the whole entire season. Like, hey, I'm going to finish this season. I'm going to change the narrative on me that I can't make it through a whole entire year. And he did. And I'm, you know, not that it matters, but, like, I'm proud of him. Like, that's, 
That's awesome because the narrative on him well, for the last it, couple of years is he can't make it through a season. Take it a step further. Who finished third overall in the points this year? There you go. It's just insane to me that he never caught anybody's attention. He had one win. That's cool. Yep. But outside of that one win, fifth here, seventh there, fourth here, third here, yep. he ended up third on the podium. Lucas Myrtle has got to be smiling from ear to ear because not because of the money. I, yep. You know, agents are there to make money. Anybody that has a problem with it, screw you. <laughs> the idea is between Shimoda, Jet, and with Hunter, you know, he. if you look at that for the overall season, you know, look at the 250 class. Myrtle has one, three, and five. Oh, yeah. That I know of. I don't know if he works with any of the other guys because I know there was a lot of shifting around this year. But think about that. And it, this is where it goes back to the guy that says, hey, why why are the American teams going to Europe to get riders? Uh, look at the 250 class. Yeah. You have Jet Lawrence, number one, Lawrence, number three, Shimoda, number five. Okay, that's in the 250 class. You jump over to the 450 class. Now, granted, at the very end for Ken to lose to number three sucks. But yeah. you have Dylan, one, Roxon three. You have Muscan, seven. You know, and that's just in the top 10 max Anstey 11. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I know that, but let's look at the guys that are out of the 450 class that are European loose scan. Um, I guess that's pretty much it. In the 250 class, there would be nobody that would be European. So I don't know. I mean, what would you want to do if we're looking at, this is where I love this conversation with you guys. Cause if you throw that big parachute out there, that huge casting net, if you look at the attrition rate of our sport associated with fatigue-related diseases and you have unqualified trainers doing what they're doing, zapping these athletes of essentially their career, not of the season, but of their career, and a lot of people don't realize this. These riders, some of them are contractually obligated to give a percentage of their salaries to a program that they don't agree with. And if they don't write the checks, the team threatens to sue them. What 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 the hell is that all about? I mean, honestly, you know, and <laughs> we'll talk about this in the offseason when people switching teams, but, you know, talk about Travis's favorite 250 rider, Jordan Smith. <laughs> Lame. Smitty is one of those people, though, that I think you could look back and you look at, you know, him down at MTF, and this is me not taking a shot at Colleen and, and, and Little Brian and Big Brian, but Smitty's career has – been shit let's be honest since 2017 and granted he's had some good rides here and there and i'm a jordan smith fan i really like the kid i think he's actually a good kid i know that he has this there's this thing about him that people say oh he's cocky always oh, this he always that he always you know had a silver spoon in his mouth and maybe to an extent that is true but let's be real let's look at his career since that season in 2017 supercross where he almost won the title and probably should have had he not crashed He's been hurt every year, and I know that some of that stuff is his own doing because he just makes bonehead mistakes, but that also boils down to the way he's being trained and what he's putting his body through. He can't stay healthy, and that's just not because, oh, he crashes literally every time he's on a bike. Like Some of his crashes are just tip-overs, just dumb mistakes, and you can't sit there and tell me that, oh, he broke his arm because he knifed the front end in a, in a corner at Supercross. Like That's just not how it works. So it's like, you know, yeah. that, that's another thing, too, is, is – the people that have been training him, whoever the nutritionist is, whatever down at MTF, I don't know, they've gone through like a million of them in the last 10 years. Uh, that's, that's on them as well. It's not just on Jordan. And, you know, I know that Jordan, he deserves a lot of flack, but also in the sense, you got to start looking at some of the people that he's surrounded himself with, which once again is partly his fault as well. 
but it's not just on him the reason why his career has taken a dive since 2017. Well, and you bring up a very good point, though. When you step back and you look at that, what you just articulated, where is the accountability? Okay, because if you look at these facilities, you mentioned MTS, you know, who's ridden down there that's done really well, that ends up becoming the selling tool that ends up, you know, I hate to say it this way, but it's what happens a lot of times. Hey, listen, this is who we've got training here. We've got Jordan Smith, Jordan Bailey, Dakota Alex. We've (laughs) got Crockett Myers. Yep. Okay. So that becomes the marketing tool. Those guys are essentially the, the carrot that everybody's chasing. Those riders get worn down. They get completely eaten alive because what they are is they become marketing arms. Hey, look at who we have at our facility. Everybody spend time trying to run them down. Those riders actually decrease in speed and endurance at the expense of elevating everybody else. Yep. You know, um, I was very thankful that uh, Bronson Myers, Crockett's dad, he called me. He goes, I'm, I'm done. He goes, I need him on your program full time. So our first goal, put 25 pounds on him. Well, it's it's taken us over a year to only get nine on him because to do it healthy, the most you can do is about an ounce a day of pure muscle. But the first thing that we did, we weren't worried about building muscle. First thing we do is we, we remove fatigue from the body. And, and I want the listeners to think about this. You take a motorcycle that has 100 hours in, and you go dyno it. Why? no use so you're out there trying to race a human body that's already pre-exhausted it goes back to like what you were saying though justin when you see these ridiculous tip overs why do you think that is these these this is not me out there this is jordan smith out there yep this is mcadoo out there these are guys i mean i even go so far as forkner yep these guys are exhausted before they go out there and they make the most fundamental mistakes with huge ramifications you eat shit in the whoops you put your arm out broken collarbone broken wrist broken x y and z yep and i'm like well if you guys were to go and have a motor with 100 hours on it and race millville or hangtown and it lets go are you really really surprised because if you are i have a bridge in georgia to sell you (laughs) (laughs) it makes no sense to me at this level of racing now again Remember when Kyle Chisholm was riding for Sam Manuel, came out at left-hander, got that little bit of wheel spin and came up short and drove his tib-fib to his heel bone? Yep. That That is not a fatigue issue. That's a wheel spin issue. My I'm looking now. at these injuries <laughs> for the last three years, and you look at the attrition rate of some of the most high-profile teams. I mean, if I was a team owner and I saw these fundamental mistakes, I would be on a witch hunt for the head's of the trainers of these so-called athletes or not so-called athletes, but the athletes that have trainers that have no credentials to be doing. Now, should I, do I think everybody should call me? No, I don't. What I am saying is if I was a team owner, if I was a rider and I was investing money in a performance program and every indication is I'm fatigued all the time, I'm injured all the time. I'm not sleeping well. My performance results are inconsistent. You don't blame the trainer. You just ask questions as to what can we do and why am I performing this way? That's well, what has to change straight up. Well, has to change. Well, you see, you know, and we got guys like Seth Rarick, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to stop beating that horse. I think it's absolutely stupid. 
That it's a great, great movie. People like team. to call him a, a physical trainer or whatever he labels himself. And now he's the team manager of the hottest team in you know America. I'm interested to see where where that goes. Like I told you, and I can't remember it was either. No, it wasn't the last show with Johnny. Maybe it was the last time we had Coach on. I don't know. But we were talking about Star, and I said, I really hope that this doesn't hinder the kids that started because of Will, yeah. like a Thrasher. You know, obviously Fry's not going to be there anymore, but like Thrasher, like Kitchen, when Romano steps up, when LeBlanc, if he does step up. Not so much Jay Coop, you know, because he's got his own deal or whatever. You know, and I know they still have Swanee, but – it's just now we're bringing Rarick in there and all these kids that kind of were like promised, oh, Will's going to be there, and now it's Seth Rarick. It's kind of like I really don't know if their trajectory is going to be that great. Like I said, Jay Coop's going to keep doing Jay Coop things. Colt's going to keep doing Colt. Jay Mart's going to get – but it's these young kids that I'm worried about. Yeah. And especially, like I said, Romano and LeBlanc, because Kitchen now he's been there, raced a couple nationals, but the Romano and LeBlanc are the next big things coming out of that program. Yep. Yeah. And – Romano, to me, like I said, is another one of those kids that's going to have a lot of pressure on him. And if it's like one of those, hey, Will was here, well, now Will's gone, and now you got a Rarick. Well, he really didn't have any like camaraderie with Seth Rarick. It was Wilbur. And yep. is his career going to take a dive? Who knows? Maybe I'm overthinking it. But I'm just looking at these young kids that kind of like, hey, you're coming to this team. Wilbur's our guy, and now Will's not there anymore. It's fucking Seth. No, I, I have to agree with you 100%. I apologize to the listeners who also listen to Cooksey and the Coach. I said last week, I think Troy Lee himself has to, and Tyler Keefe's dad and Tyler, I would imagine that they've got to be ecstatic because how many riders has Will Hahn worked with that he had to cultivate that bridge between amateurs and pros? Jeez. You know, when you when you look at Loretta's Levi Kitchen, Alexander, uh, not Alexander, but uh, Fry yep. Kitchen, um, all those guys, right? They think they know what they're jumping into until they get there. And who was the fantastic guide from amateur racing to pro racing? Will Hahn. Yep. Now that ideology, that mindset, dedication, insight, patience, all that goes with that bridge is now sitting under gas gas. Yep. From what I've heard behind the scenes. Barsha has been extremely open-minded. He's been very helpful with the 250 riders. You look at Will Hahn, you look at um, Barsha. He's not the same asshole that we remember him back on the CRF 150. Yep. He's become a tremendous asset for that KTM Husqvarna, particularly gas gas environment. Where now think about it. You've got a Will Hahn that is has all the, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are more statisticians than I am. Is there anybody in the sport that has bridged more people from amateur to pro than Will Hahn? Yeah, I think about not. Roger. No, not. Yeah, I think about Roger. Yeah. What's I mean, he got? You know, Alessi, Dungey. I mean, he picked up Reed when Reed was already established off of Yamaha Troy. I mean, I'm just trying to quickly go through the teams, but Kehoe would be the I only can't. other person I would think of, other than other than Roger, that would be under that. Other than that, no, not really. I mean, so when I'm Will Hahn, or excuse me, if I'm Troy Lee himself, and then I'm Keith, and then Tyler Keith, the team manager, and I liked what Cooksey said in the last show. What kind of balls does it take for Tyler Keith, team manager at TLD, to know that he just hired somebody who could essentially do his job better than him? <laughs> that just shows you how dedicated and i don't know tyler personally i i actually worked with his dad when his dad managed the uh, motorsport kawasaki team yep. that's when you had boniface chisholm bonnie um 
I forgot who the fourth guy I was Con- on there. I know Cunningham was on that team for a while. Yeah, but Tyler Keith's dad was the team manager at the time, so I had a chance to rub elbows with him. Cool dude, level-headed, the whole nine yards. The thing that I think is cool is, you know, Tyler Keith will probably move up the TLD stepping ladder, if you will. Will Hahn is right there, which is great for, T- for you know for Choi himself. But when I think if I if I had a son right now that's on an eighty-five, I would do everything I could to get him to meet Will Hahn. Oh yeah, because that cliff note version of where you're at to where you want to be, you know, and they do it. They being KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, they do a great job with uh, Casey Lytle, if I'm not mistaken, is still running that amateur development program at the Orange Brigade. Yep. So if that filter program is still there, I think you're going to see a big paradigm shift. If I'm Ryan Holiday, I'm thinking, oh shoot, where am I going to get my filter of athletes from? Team Green's dead. Now, anyway, yeah, fuck Team Green. They haven't done anything yeah. recently. But I think I think, and I, I haven't spoken to Ryan Holiday about this. I don't know if Team Green's new MO is going to be do you just poach him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you no, wait till they that's get to Honda's the new MO? <laughs> Let all these other people pay for it, and then we'll just poach him away. Yeah, I'll yeah. But think about Chance it. Hymas. But think of what well, I was going to say. Outside of Hunter, Jet, and Hymas, who was Honda poached? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nobody really. I mean, the only other person that's riding a Honda right now, and he's got his own thing going on. I think, if I remember correctly, I think I saw he's doing something with Phoenix as Hunter Yoder because he was obviously the next Geico kid. And then mm-hmm. obviously when they yeah. went away, so yeah, like outside of Hymas, there's nobody. There's nobody really right now that they're looking at. I think they're putting a lot of their eggs in that basket because I mean they really don't have any kid that they're putting a lot of effort into that's in the B class or anything like that. Yep. Well, and you just mentioned something that's just, you know, double bells whistle, Justin. We have Ken Roxon breaking his foot in the last moto of the year. It's no secret. If Roxon taps out, because what I'm hearing right now is he'll do Supercross and probably be done. If he taps out, let's say this foot is really bad. Yep. Let's say that he has absolutely zero desire to come back and scrap. The, the heir apparent is Jet Lawrence. Oh, yeah. He's going to 450 I mean, sooner rather than later. Yeah. As soon as Roxon de- makes his public declaration that he's done, I don't care where you're at in the season. I don't care how many championships Jet has. I don't care what the AMA rules are that, uh, excuse me, MX Sports rules are that you can come <laughs> back yep. and, and defend your number one plate. Jet is on the fast track to 450 Honda. Mm-hmm. He's going to, re- he is the heir apparent. When I heard, because I wasn't able to watch the races live, I had to watch them late last night because of our uh, endurance camp that we're doing here in Bryson. When I saw that he didn't even get out of the first turn, I'm thinking this is like, this could be the decision maker injury for Roxanne to go, you know what? Fuck this. I am done trying to. Now, I haven't heard from anybody the magnitude of the injury. It may not be bad. Let's say that he completely annihilates his ankle and has got to be structurally rebuilt. You think Roxon wants to go through this yet again? I don't. I don't. I don't see him not doing Supercross, but I'm 100 percent on board that he does Supercross and then says, "All right, I'm done." Well, I also feel like his motivation is not going to be there because let's be honest. Like after what happened this past year with Coop, and then now you got Dylan to deal with, and then now Eli is rejuvenated because he's on a different team. Like you, everybody who watches the show knows me and Travis are Kenny Homers. 
but we also could see the writing on the wall that let's be honest, like Kenny is probably oh, the fourth favorite guy going into Supercross. And, he, and like we were saying, he's almost done. Like, yeah. like I said, and I fourth, see him going through Supercross, but if something happens in Supercross, he'll call it quits early, and I don't see him doing out. And I'm going to be real year, honest honestly. with you. Fourth might even be like generous because Chase yeah, and AC... AC like, let's yep. be real. Like, he might not even be the fourth favorite. He might be, for the first time since he's been over here, he might not even be a top five guy. Yep. And it really hurts my heart to say that, but it's true. Yep. Like, there's a lot of dudes that are come that are taking over. So, yeah. Yeah. Coach, I got one more question for you here. It's our. Yeah. It's going to be our question of the week here because I know you said you were you only had an hour, plus we got Kevin Moran's coming up here. Um, yes, sir. So our question of the week, and Justin, think about this, because before we get off the show, I'm going to ask you this question, too, and I want your answer. Okay. What justifies a team? What would you consider? This question was posed to me by a uh, coach, we'll say a mutual friend of ours, who will go nameless. He's a okay. he's an in-the-background guy. What justifies okay. a team? Is it a a truck with a trailer that has a bunch of bikes in it and they pay for the guys to get there and they pay for their bikes but you're riding for basically nothing is it um does it have to be a factory effort what what in your mind i mean do the riders have to get a salary like what what in your mind justifies a team you and i've talked about this off the record i mean it's it's no secret my goal is to have a moto e factory race team um, within the next three years, my definition of a, of a team is every single person is on payroll and the team runs at a profit. That's it. That's the, that's the long and the short of it, because there is not another professional association where the stars of the TV show, NBA, NBL, soccer, golf, NASCAR, Maybe, maybe not NASCAR. Somebody could poke a hole in that because you got to bring money to the team to get a ride, to get the, you know, the, the, the motor deal. Yep. What other sport do we ask the stars of the TV show to pay to go play? And you and I have talked about this off the record. What irritates me to no end is, and I'm, I'm not picking on any team at the top, and I'm not picking any team in the middle or a team at the bottom. Let's take a team in the middle. What wraps my ass is the truck driver got paid, the mechanic got paid, maybe not Lindsay, but most of the managers are getting paid, <laughs> and yet the rider gets bonuses only, and that comes from an OEM. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's a definition of a team. Manager, motor builder, truck driver, mechanic, rider, everybody's on a salary, and at the end of the year, the team has done a great job and it's it's kind of funny you bring this up in the way that you did that, Trav. Tonight on Cooksey and the Coach, we have you're gonna love this. We got Watson coming on tonight. Oh, oh shit. Fucking perfect. Okay. Fuck. Love so that guy. What makes your question so poignant is when you go back to Hart and Huntington and on Whiskey Throttle, both Watson and Kerry himself have come on and said, Hey, look, we had Dodge, we had the casino. We had all the sponsorship we needed to retain the talents of the Ken Roxon. And then slowly, and I'll even go so far as to say systematically, the promoters, Supercross and Motocross, slowly took away what Watson had built in the area of activation. So what happens to the team two years later? 
it evaporates. So what I have a problem with is you have promoters that say they're all about trying to help the sport grow and in their next breath are finding every way to steal money from the teams, steal money from promoter against promoter. Nobody works together. No. And again, I'm not a everybody gets a trophy. I mean, I'm probably one of the most I love economics. May the best man win. You got the best product. Let's do it. Right. Yep. But to your point, a team has to be profitable because that's what's called a business, except you're, unless you're the government. OK, you have to understand that if there's not profit, you can't pay your bill on things. Yep. We don't have a machine in the back where we can print money the way our government and their asinine mindset thinks they can. Right. It's called inflation. Yep. So the idea here is a team is where everybody gets paid. Everybody, especially the team owners, are able to make money at the end of the year instead of this bullshit that I'm a team owner and I need a tax deduction. So I'm going to go ahead and start a team so I can run it at a loss. What other business? Take it out of motocross. What? And I'm, I was just pulling out of the back of my head. What automobile dealership says, you know, what's a great idea. I'm going to invest a hundred million dollars in automobiles and then lose money all year. That's a good idea. <laughs> yep. Unless it's a front for drug money. I don't know why you would even try to do that. Formula one. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oil moguls. Yeah. And then this is, you bring up Formula One, right? Look at the salaries that these drivers are making. And and I don't know if you guys, I know you're both very busy. I don't expect you to. But if you listen to Cooksey and the Coach last week, and what was it that we were talking about? Because I got kicked in the balls by this guy. He DM'd me just, I mean, double barrels. He's like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot, man. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, because I was, I was, I was comparing PGA golf to motocross. He's like, there's a fucking motor. There's a golf course on every corner. You're a fucking moron. And I said, all right, point well taken, but show me the closest formula one racetrack by your house. Show me the closest neighbor that has a formula one race car in his garage. There's a reason why there's so many, there's only so many in the world. (laughs) Say that again, Trav, or say that again, Justin. If you're talking about like the Formula One, like tra- like tracks that are like how many of there actually are, like there's a reason why there's so only so many in yeah. the world. Well, what what this guy was saying is the reason why golf is able to pay at Augusta, I don't even know, you know, eighteen million dollar prize purse for just Augusta one event, right? Make the cut, make fifty five thousand dollars. Yep. He's like, well, that's because there's so many golf courses. It's economies of scale. I'm not an idiot. I love economics, right? I get it. Where your example is invalidated is there's not a lot of Formula One tracks. There's not a lot of people that buy Mercedes, Ferraris, and all those others. But yet you've got Formula One race teams that are paying their drivers tens of millions of dollars. And we have, I can count on one hand, how many guys that are making over a million dollars a year base salary from an OEM. So if you're going to, if you're going to, my point was when you're looking at golf, golf, whether it's through a a player's union or whatever, their model is if we want to make the players millionaires, we have to create a series that allows us to charge sponsorship revenue, whether it's through entertaining, whining and dining, media exposure, brand awareness, recognition. NASCAR did it. I don't know about you, but I don't own a NASCAR track. I don't even own a NASCAR. <laughs> but yet, how many cars were on the grid? 40? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't see 40 factory riders. Private ownership in the teams oh, there. We were, and we were just talking about this last key. week at Johnny. Yeah. Yep. And then what's the missing link? A piece of the TV revenue goes back to teams and filters down to the drivers. That's a big problem. I mean, shit. But hey, wait, wait, wait. Because we have all the keyboard dickheads. What do they say? Oh, Rob, you're about redistribution of wealth. You obviously don't know me. There is nothing I'm more vehemently against than redistribution of wealth. What I'm saying is make a model that works for everybody. Because last time I checked, Formula One is growing in the United States thanks to the Netflix series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because why? We now have seven or eight people that are household names in Formula One. Of which I've never even been to one. I was watching Formula One today. Yeah, don't tell me I got to watch one. There you go. Oh, and we, and it's we don't. Exciting. Oh yeah, I've heard. And we oh, don't even have exciting. one fucking American on that grid. No, that's the crazy thing. Is most of the time, let's and be yet. honest, Americans when they watch sports, whether it be motorsports or stick and ball, they want to do it because hey, an American, you know, this and that. Formula One doesn't have one damn American on in that circuit. Nope. <laughs> and what what does the narrative? How does the narrative get manipulated by those that are trying to protect those that are manipulating the system? This is motocross. You're stupid. Everybody just wants to race moto. Nobody, everybody knows that nobody's going to make money. You get into it for the love of racing. Put the crack pipe down and step away from the table. If you continue to adhere to that asinine mindset, we're going to never see the sport grow. I'm not... I'm not a NASCAR fan, but 15 years ago when my now 22-year-old son was little, we would sit and watch NASCAR. He knew the drivers. I'm not a NASCAR fan. He was. Why? It was on TV, and they made the drivers tangible. You knew who they were. And yet people go, well, moto is always just going to be a poor man's sport you know it's these guys do it for the love of racing obviously they've never done you have a dirt bitten bike. into the coca you have drank the coca-cola syrup you've listened to the politicians that say this is just the way the sport is and yet we've got guys that their entire sport is on the backbone of running moonshine <laughs> and we can't emulate that yep i'm not saying run moonshine i'm just saying it wasn't because you get the people that say well formula one is all the very very tip of the iceberg wealthy people you're right but that didn't just fall off of a turnip truck i mean silverstone over two months ago had three hundred and fifty-six thousand fans mm -hmm. in attendance for that race making it the most attended race of anything ever 300 now think about 356 thousand people packed into the silverstone raceway and great and you know and luckily yep. lewis hamilton won but the fact is, is 356,000 people from across the world Wild. went to that race. Wild. I can't even fathom being in a, <laughs> and being in a place with 356,000 people. And we've been to destinations. Yeah. I mean, the most, times. Most, most, most thing I've ever been around is 90,000 people, maybe 100. Yeah. 356, that's just absolutely stupid to me. Yep. So. But think about it. You don't just create an event and almost a half a million people show up, right? Oh, yeah. You create a story. You create personalities. Personalities create sponsors. Sponsors create more teams. More teams create better television. Better television package means, hey, and again, I'm not using this in a redistribution, but just the filtering. Not even the filtering, just the model. Because the promoters, PGA, understand without these storylines, people don't watch. And without ratings, there is no run. Again, this is this 
why do we try to complicate the simplistic? You have to reverse engineer this. Until a PGA player becomes a story, there's nothing to market. Mm-hmm. What is our model? We have a series and we shit on the stories. Yep. So. It's so simple to fix. Yep. So simple to fix. That's the definition of a team is that everybody that puts sweat equity in, anybody that's listening to this, can you imagine going to your job tomorrow and your boss says, hey, look, thanks for showing up. Appreciate it. Good luck paying your bills. <laughs> I'm walking out the door. Yep, exactly. So, And yet, because we supposedly love the sport, we expect the guys just to suck it up, put it up, put up mm-hmm. with it. It's all good. So, and if you, have, if you have a voice of discontent, then you – for somehow, again, this is the great politician spin. If you have a voice of discontent, then somehow you're made out to be the bad guy that you're trying to be. I don't know. I've heard so many different descriptions on when you have a voice, then supposedly you're trying to ruin the sport. You're trying to ruin the people that saved the sport. You're trying to ruin the image of the sport. And I had a guy DM me and he, he said, and you guys may have seen it in some of the comments on YouTube. Um, the guy said, Kutrab. Why do you put these videos out? What do you hope to accomplish? And I just simply wrote to make the sport better. That's Bingo. It. That's the same That's thing it. we're trying to I do. I mean, here. we just talked. Yeah, we just talked about this with Johnny for what thirty-five minutes to end yeah. the show last week. Like what we think a series to be- to better yeah. these guys' pri- chances with privateers and stuff. Yep. And it's the same thing. And the biggest thing that I've and I'll answer your question later, Travis. But the biggest thing that I've come to realize is why people think this way is because people just don't like change. Mm-hmm. People just don't like change. They don't. They don't want to hear it. They. They get stuck in their ways, and like you said, they adhere to certain things, Coach, and they just they accept it, which is a big problem. Like, fine, if you want to live your life like that, but things are never going to get better if you keep doing that. Exactly. Yeah, but Justin, you bring up something that's really important, and this is very volatile, and I don't want to leave on a volatile note, but think about it. Why is it that people have that opinion? This is just the way it is. Yeah. That's the scary part, because if you – if you try to become a catalyst for change, it's perceived as you you want to you want to ruin the sport mm-hmm. because the sport right now is being whether you want to use the word narrative, the example, the demonstration, the aura that's being conveyed. Yep, is look at look at me, what a great guy I am for the sport. Oh, yeah. And then you go listen to Guy Cooper talk about getting ostracized, and then you go and you listen to Watson talk about being ostracized. And then you listen to opportunities being taken away. Next thing you know, Watson has no casino, no Dodge, no Ken Roxon. No, he's not even a team manager gone. anymore. Mm-hmm. There you go. So we need to get Judah so, on here. All right. Well, but I do appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. Make sure to check Coach Rob out, CompleteRacingSolutions.com. I've memorized that now. You have. I there have. you go. I've got it written on my paper, too. So make sure to check him out. Thanks like so I said, much, guys. he will help you guys out. Coach, we will talk soon. We're, we're hey, doing we're doing a super so show. Much. We're going to get Cooksey on, too. We're going to do a super show. Okay. Maybe and, it'll be the, uh, is it going to be the off-season show we're going to do? Yeah, this? we're going to do a super show, and we're going to fix the sport on this show. We're getting all the great minds together. <laughs> right, guys, that's going to be we're a very long fix show. So this you, better, show. you better buckle up. Four hours of us all oh. shitting on what's going on right now. It's going to be great. Well, Travis, when you get a chance, send me a text on who's going to be on that super show and give me a tentative date so I can get it on there. All right. Um, but uh, thanks for having us so much, guys. Thank you, and Coach. Thanks for all the listeners. Appreciate the support. No problem. Thanks, Coach. We'll talk soon, buddy. Take care, Justin. Thank you. Take care, Travis. Yep. Bye. Bye. Peace. All right. Coach Rob, everybody. And now we're moving on.
<laughs> yeah, I mean, people are going to get mad because we just talked about how we don't talk about the race and we only talked about Dylan. But it's just for me, it's it's always a pleasure to talk to coach. And it's really hard for me to sometimes stay on topic with him. Yeah, because the way he articulates things and, you know, we just obviously we don't even really have to have an interview. We just let him talk. We go we go off the rails so much. It's great, though. It's, it's just right. part of our show. So next up on the show here, friend of the show, privateer hero, Private, well, factory, not for this race, not, factory Kevin Moran, factory Kevin Moran. Oh, maybe he's not talking to us tonight. Maybe he's on a beach somewhere. Hello, hello. Oh no, he was going to the beach. Oh, that son of a gun. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yeah, absolutely. All right, sick. Okay, don't worry. There's only a little wind noise in the background yeah. again. Again, <laughs> again. He's on a beach somewhere again. Dig a hole in the sand, bro. All right, what's up, bro? Rocky Mountain Factory. Factory team. Factory Kevin Moran. Indeed, indeed. Tell us all about it. We want all the juicy details. Don't leave anything out, mostly the bad stuff. Let's hear it. Jesus. <laughs> well, where do you want to start? <laughs> okay, so you get a call on, was it Thursday or Friday? Yes. You get a call on Thursday. Uh, Thursday. You get a call. Or, Thursday night. Thursday, Thursday night. Night, okay. So you get a call on Thursday night. Savachi's out. Yes. You're in. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you're like, fuck yeah, let's fucking do it. I don't think those were his exact words, but okay. I yeah, like, <laughs> you're pretty much right about that. About I feel like words, but, I feel uh, like that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much. Long story short, yeah, that's how it went. Sick. All right. And uh, so you hop on the bike. Sorry, I'm buying my Jetson merchandise right yeah, now. Could you please talk into the microphone? Shut up. God, wow, dude. bro. Yeah, dude, you're not important anymore, Kev. He just doesn't give a shit hey, about Hey, look, bro. Clearly. Jetson championship merch just yeah, went live. Homer, Leave me alone, Homer. okay? I'm also wearing right. my Jetson shirt currently. I don't want to hear it. Kevin, how was the bike? Yeah, how was the bike? Uh, bike was fast. Uh, way too stiff for me, though. So that's what we were struggling with all day. That doesn't really surprise me. When you told me you were not uh, not going to wear or not going to use your own suspension, I was a little nervous for you. Yeah. Um, well, just because. So, I don't know. Like one, it was pretty last minute. Two, he weighs the exact same as me, pretty much. Oh, seriously? Right. Like I think I think I'm a touch taller. Uh, he's a little shorter, but he weighs the same as me. So. Uh, that's why we were all kind of like, oh, well, it should probably work good, right? And obviously, it's the 52-millimeter stuff. I have the 48-millimeter stuff. He's got a track shock. I have a stock shock. So, like, I was 100% game running his stuff because I've never ran it before, and I've always wanted to run the 52 stuff. So, one, I, I was fine with just taking the chance for that because I wanted to try it. Yep. And, two, I figured it was going to be an honest, um, which, like – Justin's stuff, I think he might be actually a little bit heavier than me. I don't even know. But Justin's stuff, which is what we ended up switching to uh, and for the second moto, which I'll kind of we'll, – we'll go through all that stuff here in a little bit. But his stuff was way better for me right off the rip. So hmm. Justin must – or I mean uh, Savachi just much like his stuff stiffer than most. Okay. So that's what we struggled with at the beginning. So, yeah, because no time on the bike. Got a call Thursday night. I went to the track Friday. Literally took some of my numbers or my extra number plates that I had. Uh, they cut out the 17 literally on his graphics. Put my 80, cut out my 85 off my number plates and stuck them on. Uh, and then 
didn't really even get to do anything with the bike. We started just kind of get the levers and everything set up and then went out for first qualifying session on a completely different bike, completely different setup and had to send it right off the get go. Okay. And so outside of the suspension feeling stiff power wise for the bike, better than yours, about the same, uh, underperformance compared to yours. Oh boy. Oh boy. We lost him. We lost him. We lost him. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. That was weird. Uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of like talking the whole time, and then you started talking. So, yeah, assuming something happened. Can you still hear me? Yep, we yeah. still can. We're good. All righty. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Motor-wise, big difference. Like, my 450 won't wheelie out of the whole shot. This one will. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, it will, but, like, it's very manageable on my bike. This bike, both starts, even though I literally got fourth off the second start and ran fourth for the whole first lap. I think I ended up the first lap in fifth place um, in the second moto. But, yeah, both starts were not very good. They were good in overall, but they're not good in my eyes because I both starts I had to clutch it because I wheelie. Okay. How was that transmission? Power uh very hard to get into neutral (laughs) (laughs) they're they're uh yeah to accidentally hit a false neutral is a whole lot tougher on that back which i ended up doing it anyway but long story short uh it felt very strong so no complaints with the engine plenty fast i liked it was perfect uh suspension was just way too stiff so what i was saying which i don't know if that's when we got cut off but uh, what was the last thing that you heard about me going out for first qualifying session? You just asked about the motor, Travis, and yeah. then that was when yeah. I asked about the motor, and then that that was when it cut out. Okay, so you heard everything up until that point. Yes. yes. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I, I can't really remember where I left off. But long story short, went out for the first qualifying session. Never had any time on the bike. Just had to go send it mode, right? Yep. Uh, came off after first qualifying session because I didn't really pull into the mechanics area to try to change anything because I knew the track wasn't going to get faster. Um, and it was pretty smooth, but like, like even the little braking bumps that were there, it didn't handle very well at all for me, at mm-hmm. least for my comfort level, uh, just cause I like my stuff a little bit softer. So came in after the first session and was like, yeah, guys, like, it's just, I'm struggling with it. It's feeling like it's pushing and it's kicking me. It's not like just soaking it up. Like I'm having to hold on really tight. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, and, uh, so we went softer and then went out for the second session. Second session was better. I think, I don't know if this is a fact, but I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that went faster in the second session that, than the first session. Okay. So that was good. Ended up, I think, inside the top 15 in qualifying in the second session. But so many people went faster in the first session that it didn't really matter. So I ended up 20th. Uh, so, yeah, came off the – or actually during the second session, I even came in uh, to get softer yet. So we started the day with – Normal settings from Joey. Went, did a first qualifying session, came back, went softer. Went out for a second qualifying session, pulled in during the session, went softer. Went back out, finished my my uh, second session, came back in, and still it was like struggling with the bike. So we went softer yet again before Moto 1. Went out, raced Moto 1, got a pretty decent start, I think like right around 10th. And just, like, struggled hardcore. Like, just hold on to the bike as hard as I can through the braking bumps. Wasn't coming out of the corners very good. It was just, like, it was very bouncy. It was very, uh, it wasn't tracking very well. Let's put it that way. 
so I came off after the Moto 1, and I was pretty kind of upset because I was inside the top 15 and let that fade away. Um, and I was just like, like I'm still struggling. Um, I don't really – I kind of just felt, told them everything I was feeling. I was coming in. It wasn't handling coming in very well. Like, it felt like my front wanted to push a lot. I couldn't really trust it. Um, and then coming out uh, through the braking bumps, like, it was – my butt was bouncing off of the, the, the seat. So, like, I was thinking that it was just way too stiff still. And they kind of agreed. So, we ended up stripping the suspension off. Then we put Vogel's backup suspension on for the second moto. And I went out for my sight lap for the second moto. And I pulled in, and I was like, game on. I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> so, so they were happy to hear that. And then, yeah, second moto went better. Um, unfortunately, like, I had just worked myself so hard in the first moto trying to work through the suspension that we did have it set up. Mm-hmm. Um, that fourth lap of the second moto on the tabletop after the finish line. So you hit a finish line, you kind of hit sweeper left, you sweeper right, and then hit a tabletop. Yeah. Both hammies and both calves locked up on me. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. That's fun. So <clears throat> that didn't work out well. So I was just kind of managing that throughout the race. Like when I would go to use the rear brake before a corner, like my, my calf and my, my right calf and my right uh, hamstring would lock up. So I'm like, oh, no. So, yeah, just made that work um, and then fought for 11th overall or 11th in the, the second moto, which I thought was pretty legit. Um, I've never had a, a moto finish that well. Best thing I've had was a 12th in a mud moto on the 250. So to come out on my very first weekend period on that bike um, with suspension that probably wasn't super ideal for me uh, and third race back from injury to, to make – personal record like that and a personal record overall with uh 14th was pretty pretty legit so ultimately after you got bogle stuff on there even though you were dealing with lower body issues how'd you like those 52 millimeter forks uh <laughs> or you just I obviously not I really lo- I, not not really a good gauge because everything that was going on yeah i don't think it's a very good gauge because nothing that was like properly set up for me but yeah. i i like the second the second photo i could actually flow dude like the first moto, I was seriously could not just roll on the throttle and be easy anywhere because the bike just felt so unstable underneath me. Yep. Hmm. So, so uh, maybe maybe not a great gauge, but I think I could do some serious, seriously good results if I had some testing on a bike like that. Yeah. So what's it like? Uh, what's it like having a team uh, around you like that? Because we are like that was that was almost more beneficial than the bike. If I had to be honest, yeah, just like the the way they handle everything, they're very organized. Having several people around the track that were communicating with me, um, cheering me on, and then just I, it was very very put together. Everybody was pretty organized, and it was a lot, a lot better than anything I've ever had in my past. So I was tickled pink with it. Did they do like clutch and stuff between motos? Uh, no, I don't think so. I told them I'm not really too stressed about any of that. I, and they even asked me when I got there, I was like, so you like a, you hard on clutches or whatever? I was like, no, I'm not hard on clutches hardly at all. So sweet. Did, uh, did you steal a bunch of team swag stuff when you left? Like a Ray did when you left Yamaha <laughs> no. or what? No, I you wish I would have asked, but all I have is my, the pit shirt and the hat that I have. You just see Kevin walking out of the semi. He's just got a whole shitload of stuff in a backpack. Well, that's what A-Ray did. He <laughs> literally know. took everything, I guess, out of the Yamaha truck. I just see truck Kevin walking left. out of the back of the semi, and he's just loaded with shit, and he's just yeah, running away. Just a 9800 OGO just with fucking Rocky Mountain shit just peeling out of the top. That'd be awesome. 
<laughs> no, I, mean, I uh, as much as it would be probably doable, uh, I have too good of a conscience for that. Oh no, man! Kev's just too good of a kid, man. Dude, it's fine. They're they're getting a new sponsor next year anyway. They got to reprint all the stuff. You should just taken everything out of the truck. <laughs> you should have been going through drawers and stuff when you left, like just trying titanium to titanium parts. Yeah, parts for your bike. Like that's what I would have been doing. It would have oh, been God. awesome. Just takes an extra motor. <laughs> I would have stole everything I could down to the toilet paper out like, the bathroom hey, in the man, truck. Hey, never mind. It's fine. We don't need it. Well, hopefully within the next year or two, I don't have to worry about stealing anything because I feel like it's a uh, pretty realistic situation for me to be on a team permanently at that point hopefully yeah hopefully so we, i mean you're definitely working your way there let's face it you came back for three races you were well inside the top 20 all well i guess you went 21 on the first moto in ironman but whatever yeah but he was running 15th yeah while, so. i would say but outside of that i mean and then you finish off here on a bike that you're not familiar with and you go 17 11 well, so he like kev you were actually catching bryson gardner though for 10th though weren't you I mean, I saw at one point yeah. you were like nine seconds back, and then with like two to go, it was like five seconds or something. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, I mean, that's just like, uh, yeah, just not being 100% comfortable and obviously not having the conditioning and the pace that I want to have. Obviously, I'm only three races back from four months off. Like, I have to be realistic with what, I, what situation I was put in, and I'm pretty proud of how everything went considering – everything that was kind of stacked against me let's put it that way well i can definitely say that uh from everybody that i heard from and then if you just go on the internet uh when people found out that you were getting a fill-in ride for the weekend everybody was losing their fucking minds yeah dude like that was like literally like other than the championship obviously with jet and jay coop you getting a fill-in factory ride even if it was just for hangtown was like the talk of the internet for the weekend about how happy people were for you yeah, dude, it was pretty sick. I had so many people reach out, and, like, everybody was just so happy for me. Like, that was so, what was so sick. And, like, dude, I, I feel bad because I haven't even been able to talk to, you know, probably half of the sponsors yep. and the people that support. Like, you, Travis, like, I barely even was able to talk to you, and that's because we, that, that is just because you saw it or whatever. Because I got the call Thursday night, so at that point it's too late to call anybody. Yep. I get up Friday. We fly out early Friday morning go straight to the track, and I'm just – you know, grinding, get everything set up that day. And then by the time we got done, it was already pretty late at night. So then I fell asleep, woke up and raced. So like I haven't even been able to talk to half the people that support me as a privateer and the few people that I have talked to, like it's pretty badass that everybody's so supportive of it. You know what I mean? Cause like, obviously there's certain products that I had to switch up to go to the Rocky mountain team and I couldn't run, you know, the patron names or certain logos on my bike and everything, but everybody's just so still happy for me instead of like pissed about it that it was pretty cool so no so no one like you did in the, the video with uh was that anton that was interviewing you on friday yeah so nobody from the patreon and any of that nobody was upset no nobody from patreon i mean there's certain sponsors that uh, situations and whatnot but yeah. um everybody majority uh large majority is very very happy for me well that's good then because, you know, I anybody that saw that interview, you know, you addressed that. And once again, that interview was really well done. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but. dude, I had people, yeah, reach out and just like, they're like, dude, just the professionalism you have and everything like that when you're speaking and doing interviews is pretty sick. Like, I, I don't know. It means a lot when I get compliments like that. Well, it's a breath of fresh air because most Moto kids can't talk past two sentences. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep it going. <laughs> Sweet. So, what's the game plan now, man? You taking some time off, or what's the deal? Going to Costa Rica. Yeah, kind of. So I'm out. 
I'm out here in California until I fly out Thursday to go back home. Um, so literally, I get home Thursday. I'm getting a skid loader dropped off. Uh, my boy Deshaun from Duke Reynolds uh, around in KC, KC area. He's going to be dropping off a skid loader on Friday morning. So as soon as I get back Thursday, sleep, wake up Friday morning. And then I got Tracy Freeman, which is a arena cross track builder, very well-known track builder uh, around us. Uh, he's the one that builds all the Hoosier arena cross stuff and everything like that. He's going to come out, and we're going to tag team my track to kind of prep it all up. Sick. He's going to build me three pa- three pads of whoops. Um, and we're going to get everything kind of pretty legit. Um, and then, yeah, so right after that, that'll be this coming weekend. Probably take, you know, a couple weeks off. I mean, not really even off. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just enjoy riding so much. I'll probably just have some fun on the two stroke, just kind of relax a little bit. And then shit in a couple weeks, right back into supercross and just getting kind of uniformed into that and trying to figure out what I'm going to do, whether I go, cause I, I want to race all 17 rounds. Um, don't know what my situation is. Uh, as far as who I'm going to be riding for slash what I'm going to be riding kind of deal. So that's all kind of up in the air. But I want to do all 17 rounds. Just haven't decided whether I'm going to go two fifty the first 250 coast and then 450 after that or all 450. And if I'm being kind of really honest with the situation and the opportunity I had this past weekend, uh, probably I'm kind of leaning towards doing all 450 um, just with how I ride them and obviously having that kind of in um, if there's any kind of situation through the season. If I can put myself in a position to be the next guy, that's kind of what I want to do. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, back on the grind in a couple weeks, I bet. And big event in Michigan on October 22nd, 23rd. Yeah, exactly. Coming up to hang out with the boys again for a couple days. Cool vlog footage. Yeah, we got to ta- talk to Walt about getting him uh, before, whether it be Friday or Saturday. Yeah. The only footage. We got to find somebody with a drone. Be cool to get yeah. some footage of him, whether it be on the 450 or even the 150. The 150 would be better for well, footage, but I think I mean if you need, well, you have some footage and whatnot, and it. I mean, so the the guy that you met him, the Clutch Media, yeah, Sater, we're, we're yeah, we're working with him also. Oh yeah, Travis. Yeah, and the boys well, now. I'm saying, I bet if we get him a flight, dude, he'd be all about that stuff, and he's got a drone, he's got the equipment. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna talk to him about that also because we are, me and him are working out some things. I'm actually supposed to have, I was supposed to have an Iron Man video, but now we're so far past Iron Man. He texted me the other day, he's like, "You just want like a Hangtown and Apollo video?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I would." So we're we're working on some things with him too. Yeah. Um, especially going forward into next year with him being able to be at, or well, not being able most but of them with him going to most of the races. Um, and obviously we are still working on that side of it. So yeah, we're we're working on some stuff to work with him. Yeah, because I've told him, because like we were doing our test run these last three rounds, or the last three rounds of outdoors, it's kind of our test run to see how he does, see how we mesh together, yep. because I told him if everything goes good, I want to take him to all the Supercross races with me, yep. to, like, you know, to make this a legit thing, the vlog stuff, keep it coming every week, and one, I told him 100% after this weekend, I was like, dude, it's going 100% good enough that I want you to go to all the Supercross with me, so that's definitely going to have to be something that we'll figure out, and obviously that's going to be huge if we continue to stay partnered up and then uh yeah because we'll have some mad content going all all through next year did you say if we continue to stay partnered up because unless you're dropping us i don't feel i think he was talking about him oh okay i don't know if he was talking about this specifically i think about him oh okay i was gonna say wow travis don't calm down a little bit bud i'm not i'm not planning on getting on patreon and canceling my subscription here anytime soon all right okay well no i wasn't talking about that okay all right yeah i mean read the room so uh (laughs) no yeah no i appreciate that uh (laughs) 
<laughs> that actually is one thing you. that I've kind of been talked to about a little bit um, is that I'm going to have to restructure that whole side of things, like the sponsorship Patreon and whatnot, because I'm going to have to kind of restructure it to wildly decrease the amount of logos I have on stuff. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, only got 9,000 of them. <laughs> Yeah, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna adjust that a little bit, make it a little bit more exclusive. Oh boy, this sounds uh, like it's costing me then, more money. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it may get to that point, but I will have those conversations with you privately. Yes, I know. So, uh, have have more? T- have you anybody else reached out after or since then? I mean, I know we're only a day removed, or like at the race. You know, have you talked to more teams? Possibly. I mean. Oh uh, no, I, I honestly haven't talked to a single team. Um, when he hasn't it comes even talked to, like, to the BTO guys level. since yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "See you, boys." No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just making sure that everybody knows how thankful I am for that opportunity. Like that was pretty badass to have. I mean, even if it's a one round deal, I didn't get anything out of it besides being on a factory bike and being a part of the team. That's plenty enough for me because, you know, that experience with minimal pressure, nothing too crazy going on. You know, they didn't expect a whole lot because they knew that I had zero time on the bike. We're just trying to get into things like that was such a perfect scenario for me to learn how the factory team style stuff works. And I literally fit right in so perfectly that that was uh, very valuable for me, regardless of where my future goes. If I get a fill in ride, if I get a real ride, because because that's kind of what, you know, that's what it's all about. Well, Hep Suzuki's going to be looking for a third guy, so... There you go. What'd you say? I said Hep Suzuki's going to be looking for a third guy, so there you go. Suzuki. Yeah, oof, I don't know about that one, boys. Whoa, <laughs> wow. He doesn't want to just kick it, bro. Wow. Wow. That was that was rude. Oh, boy. Um, all right, Kev, so I got a question for you here. It's our question of the night yep. that we're doing this week. Um, okay. What justifies a team? Is it a truck and a trailer that goes to the races? Um, that gets your bike there? Is it a, tr- is it a, they give you bikes, they get you to the races, all that stuff, but you're in charge of making your money after that? Is it, you got to get a salary? Like what, what justifies slash defines a team in the industry? This is your um, opinion. In your, by the way. in your opinion. Team? Like team at all or factory team? No, like team at all, period. Because, there's a lot of teams in the pits has that set up, I guess that, yeah, that they like, they call themselves like teams. the chaparral Honda team. Yeah. For example. for example. And we all know that there's not a lot going on there as far as payments and stuff like that. And the money is a big struggle. And yeah, there's, there's lots of things in the background that aren't going well. Uh, obviously that team's going away. So whatever. So, so Where? The, the, the FXR chaparral team, uh, oh have, yeah. So so I, mean, I think what what qualifies you as a team is just like, well, honestly, like you just said, truck, trailer, and a tent, pretty much. You know what I mean? As long as you got a couple riders, or even if you just present yourself as a team. Okay. It just depends on how professional are you are about it, I guess. What about like paying riders? Like, do they need to pay a salary to the riders? Do you think they should get bonuses? Yeah. Do you think like they should be paying to get on? I mean, there? yeah, it depends if. It depends if you're talking about a factory team or a privateer style team because, I mean, it's not like everybody on TPJ is guaranteed a, a, a payment or a salary or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. yep. transportation and stuff like that, which is, is big for a lot of privateers and everything. So, like, 
yeah, I don't think you're not required to have any of that stuff if you just want to be a team. I mean, there's plenty of teams out there that kids pay for their rides and whatnot. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just we're just getting everybody's info on what they because we asked coach the same thing. Yeah, this this question was posed to me by a by a unnamed friend, we'll call it, <laughs> as to what justifies a team because he thinks it's fairly ridiculous that these you know there's kids paying for the rides, there's dads paying for bikes, there's teams not running race gas, there's there's these teams where hell the truck drivers getting paid a hundred grand a year and the riders aren't getting paid anything or someone supposed to get money didn't get money yeah that kind of stuff so he's, he's oh yeah a, there's a lot of that in our industry yeah well he's he's upset about that and we'd all obviously like to see that change where you know even if you're even if you're on a low end team you're getting a salary whether it's you know 50k a year but at least you're getting something for going out and risking your life yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice, but uh, we're not all that lucky. Well, we're working on it. We're working towards change. <laughs> well, hashtag like change. Hashtag change the sport. Wow, that beach wind is gnarly. Yeah, man. How's that? How's yeah, that no, beach? It's awesome. We're actually leaving right now. Oh wow, that's nice. <laughs> Jesus. So, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. Thank we're, you, thank uh, you. For sure. We're excited to uh, hang out next month. It's going to be a good time Indeed. for a couple of days. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, what's the website again? Because I don't have that one written down. <laughs> <laughs> Mine or yours? Yours, bro. Uh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Okay, I figured. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Kev, what's my website? Mom, it's not. It's not moransracing.com, like what, what you keep thinking. It's kevinmorans.com. Uh, if you want to be a patron, because uh, we're actually getting ready to give away the, the patron helmet this Tuesday, uh, just hit the Join Brands Racing tab uh, uh, amongst the kevinmorans.com website. And join as a fan, join as a sponsor. I don't recommend joining as a sponsor just yet, obviously, since we just got done with the season. And I'm going to be restructuring all that stuff before next year. Uh, but yeah, if you go and jump on board as a fan, I'm going to be doing stuff all off season, some cool stuff, giveaways, obviously the extra content and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, or hit the link in my bio, uh, on Instagram, morans.85, uh, on TikTok now, morans.85 and then, uh, Facebook, morans.85. So, uh, interested to see what our new national number is going to be. And then all those names will probably be changing, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate the support from the Moto Aftermath show. Not a problem, man. You're not going to do any weird dancing videos on TikTok, are you? That's not no, what, I that's don't not do what TikTok's that. about I, I anymore. Was, what is I the, was pretty uh, against getting on TikTok, but I was just starting to get a little irritated with everybody telling me about how much uh, free, I guess, growth is on there right now. So I said, screw it. I'll get on it. It's definitely not OnlyFans. No, it's not OnlyFans again. No, it's not dancing videos anymore. Whatever, dude. I don't that get was on like TikTok. first generation. Now uh, we're on like second or third. What, singing? Uh, no, it's it's a whole it's Kev's like nothing his, like that. Kev's gonna ride his bike in the mall. It's like short videos. It's weird. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Kev. We appreciate Thanks, it. The wind noise is killing me. And uh, don't forget, yeah. I need a front number plate for the studio when you come in October. Absolutely. Well, I apologize about the wind, but I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Sounds See good, buddy. Bye. Later. Uh, Kevin Moran's everyone. Privateer hero. Factory, factory for rider. A day. Factory for a day. Factory for a day. Let's Factory put that on a t-shirt. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about this race. We have another dude coming up. Who? Another privateer hero. Did you call it Hubes? 
Uh, I like to call him Hubes. Hubbalicious. No, we're not. Not Meshy? him. Bobby? Not, him, not yet. Hold on. Kessler? No. Who? Scott Meshi. That's what I... Is he coming on right now? I don't know. Hold on. You tell me your definition of what justifies a team. All right. So my definition of a team is kind of a mix of what Kev and Coach said. Uh, you have a team. You have a truck. You have a rig. You have bikes. Whether it be 250, 450, and let me know whenever you decide to call him. So yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Uh, I just send him a text. You have a truck cool. driver. You have mechanics. Um, you don't need to have technicians there. I mean, you work with your sponsors through that. But you at the beginning of each season. You know, Supercross, or before that, I should say, you get your sponsors on board, and they are, you know, hey, they're going to be on the gear, they're going to be on the bike, we're going to present you with our, when we go to races, like, hey, you're on our sponsor list, obviously some guys, spent, you know, pay more money yeah. to be certain up higher, you know, kind of like everything, and everybody gets paid, you know, yeah, you get bonuses for, hey, you get a, a fifth in a, in a in a main or you know you get a fifth in a moto a win you do x amount in points but you have a base salary to everybody the truck drivers sure as shit don't get paid six figures a year it's a going rate for truck driver i understand that but if it comes down to that then we're gonna find we're gonna find more than just one person so it's not all on them we're gonna find we're gonna find guys that when they get into this, they realize, hey, this is a set schedule. This is not going to be easy. Which, by the way, I'm also getting sick and tired of everybody saying that mechanics, factory mechanics, work 90 hours a week. It's absolute <laughs> bullshit. They don't work 90 hours a week. Coming from a mechanic, they work their asses off, so even if they're only putting in 45 hours, those 45 hours fucking suck. But they're not working 90 hours. Like, let's let's stop acting like these mechanics are fucking oh, living. Bro, I found your job, by the way. Really? Craig's looking for a mechanic. Christian Craig? Yeah. Oh, okay. But Let you got moved to Florida. I can move to Florida. Anyways. Um, so let's stop acting like they're just living at the race shops. Like they get paid good money. Most of them do. They get paid. good. But anyways, guys get paid. They have their bonus money yeah. and they can have their own sponsors. You could have your sponsors within it. You know, you can have deals that are structured a certain way. Yep. But the biggest thing is, is that these guys get paid at the end of the season. They get their bonus money for whatever, but they don't get a bonus for everything. Like if you finish 20th in a moto, you get a bo- you don't get a bonus for that. Yeah. You just get paid your salary. But if you finish 10th, and it's the way you structure your deal. You, like I said, your mechanics get paid. Your practice mechanic, if you have one, that's on you. The team doesn't supply the practice mechanic. As we know, a lot of these guys have practice mechanics. Yep. And it, the biggest thing is, too, is about getting the sponsors of the team their name out there. Nobody gets fucked over in the process. We don't, like, start, hey, we're this. We're going to have this. And then in the middle of the season, we're going to, oh, our deal's canceled because so-and-so or whatever reason. But the biggest thing is, is kind of like what Coach said that people are accusing him of, the redistribution of wealth. It's not that with me. It's just you guys need to get paid for your time. Everybody, yeah. and we've talked about this before off camera, everybody's time is worth something. It doesn't yep. matter what you're doing. I, that's the one thing that I will say is everybody, no matter where you are, whether you're in this country, a third world, everybody's time is worth something. Mm-hmm. So everybody gets paid. Like, I, I don't like the fact that people think that, oh, that's because, you know, we're giving everybody. No. Everybody deserves to get paid for their time. And its big, biggest thing is, is about the sponsors, making sure the sponsors of your team getting their name out there like they're promised because there's been a lot of teams in the past that have started off with this and then halfway through the season you see, oh, sponsors change or, oh, they start moving down the list of when. And you make sure your guys, when they're doing media, that they are thanking said sponsors because if it's not for those sponsors, that team doesn't exist. And that's my biggest thing is, is I, and it's not really like that's what I'm saying is groundbreaking because there's a lot of teams that are out there that still run by that program. But my biggest thing is, is making sure the sponsors are happy, everybody's getting paid, 
and also everybody realizes what they're signing up when you talk about like when you talk about like mentioning the sponsors are you talking about like uh like in the interviews like they do yeah or when you're doing media like when you're doing media like if you're doing an interview like with kevin like when you did an interview with anton like you're mentioning you don't have to mention every like the fucking the sprocket sponsor unless the sprocket sponsor is one of the biggest ones you don't have to mention the foot like you just make sure that because i don't agree with that and i like you're like it because it doesn't matter yeah, you're making if sure they, the presenting sponsors. If they say spon- that shit, people zone out anyway. Yeah, I'm just making sure my presenting sponsors, the ones that are really putting the money and making, sh- like, you know, whether a dealership is giving us bikes for the, the season or whatever. Yeah. Making sure their name is getting said. I'm not saying you got to list all 22 sponsors on there. Like just the make Star sh- Yamaha guys? Yeah, that's absolutely stupid to me. Like, the fact, I understand Toyota of Escondido is a big sponsor for a lot of guys. Yeah. But the fact that, like, a lot of these guys sponsor them or say they're say it, it's like, dude, you're just getting a free truck. Like, <laughs> th- that's not... That has nothing to do with your team. Yeah. So, yeah. And like I said, the biggest thing is is making sure everybody realizes what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. Because there's also been a lot of teams, not so much lately, but there's were teams like back in the mid-2000s where guys didn't realize how hard it was, and they just quit halfway into the season. Yeah. They just quit because they couldn't handle it. The guys got to know this is not – this is going to be great, and this is also going to suck. Yeah. And they just make sure when you sit down and you talk to your – like I said, your mechanics – your, you know, your drivers, your whoever is going to be in your team, your team manager, your trainer, whatever. This is what the season's going to look like, and it's going to be have its ups and it's going to have a lot of downs. You guys just need to know, but you are also going to get paid at the end of the season. Yeah, you're not going to be fucking, you know, hey, we're gonna, you're gonna have to take me to court because you're you didn't get paid. Blake so, Baggett, yeah, Blake Baggett, or said mechanics of certain teams, or yeah. Matt Bonnie. Yep. Um. So that's my thing. Is like I said, I know it's not groundbreaking, and I know maybe that's not the answer you're looking for, but it's kind of a little bit of both. But I've just always been, maybe because of how long I've been in this industry and, and knowing what it's like to sponsor guys through me and our, my dad and my, my shop that we had, sponsoring isn't always what it seems to be with certain people because, yes, riders can be difficult. But you need this, the riders to sit down and realize this, is that if it wasn't for the sponsors of said team, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be on said team. But I'm also not going to make people pay to be on my team. Yeah. Like, we're not doing that. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, if your results are good enough, then you're going to get a shot. Like, for instance, Kevin, Scott Meshi, Grant Harlan. Like, mm-hmm. you're not paying to be on my team. Like, if I think you're good enough, you're going to be on the team if you want to be, and you're going to get paid for your services. You're not just, hey, we're taking your bike to the track, which TPJ does that, and that is amazing. But everybody knows the way Teddy Sr. does it, like how that works. And those guys are grateful for it. But if you go to said team that we just talked about or JGR with Justin, like, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not making you pay to be on my team. If I want you to be out there representing my team, you're getting paid for your time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my biggest thing is, is just make sure everybody knows what they're doing. They're getting paid for their time. But also, we're going to address how this season is going to go because it's not going to be easy. Yep. And I know, like I said, I've, I've said it already three times. I know that's not a groundbreaking answer, but I just feel like a lot of that stuff gets lost that people just, because they've accepted it, oh, so-and-so needs to be paid on the team. No, I'm not making you pay to be on my team, which mm-hmm. I also think that whole thing is fucking stupid Like, because then there's a lot of people that just have more money than said other people that deserve to be on the team, and they're only on there because daddy paid for it. Like, I think that's absolutely ridiculous, too. Yeah, but that's something that happens in all, like, motorsports, basically. I understand that. Formula One is a big thing. It's just, it's, I have an issue. Like, if it was up to me, people, I understand if you have the money and money makes the thing go around. But if, 
if I take, and like I said, I'm not going to go into naming names because we're not going to cause a shit storm there. But if said person, because you have more money, but you're getting 15th in a moto and you're not doing anything else for me, but said other person doesn't have enough money, but they're getting seventh in motos or mains or battling for top fives, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how much money your dad has. Because first off, that's the only thing you bring to the table. I understand that, and that is a big part of it. But outside of that, you're not doing anything for my team because first off, you're not running up front. So mm-hmm. you're not getting my sponsors out there. And second, you're never going to be seen. So, yeah, like with social media shit. But if said person gets seventh and they have a social media presence, but they don't have enough money, they're going to see more of said person than they're going to see of you. Yeah. So, like, what is the point of that? Because let's be real. At the end of the season, that money's going away. Because usually those are only one-year deals. Yep. So I just – that's what frustrates me. And if, if I ever had a team, that's pretty much how it'd be structured. You paid for your time. We're going to address how things are going to go, and you make sure you're fucking pres- thanking our presenting sponsors. Yep. And that's, that's it. I mean, I know that seems simple, but I, I think that's all it needs to really be. I know that there's a lot of other stuff that you could get into with how that goes, but I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I think that that's honestly the way every team should be structured. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair so. enough. I like the answer. All right. That's cool. That's why I think that it'd be cool if we owned a team one day. <laughs> well, we could own a team. Okay. Be, it'd be interesting. There's definitely guys that'd be right off the top of my head that I could think of right now. Well, let's put it this way: I, I, the the riders are secondary in my yes, mind here course. about this stuff. As far as like, there's other stuff. How much I would be battling with promoters all yeah. fucking year? Like I would be fighting with people. Well, you know that's probably fist fighting Davy Coombs in the parking lot. Well, to be you know with that's you. why there's there's <laughs> things that we know that are coming down the pipeline that maybe one day, if we ever do own a team, we won't have to do that. Yeah, I hope so. So, my opinion, what justifies a team, you need to have a truck driver mm-hmm. with a truck, okay? Now, it doesn't even have to be a semi, okay? What yeah. the, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Concept haulers. No, what's the Kawasaki team there that A-Ran them ride for? Oh, the SGB. The SGB. SGB Racing, that, that in my mind, is, is good enough, okay? You have a truck, you have a trailer, you have bikes. Yeah. The guys get at least one race bike, one practice bike from you. Which is all you really need, let's be honest. Everyone gets a salary. Yep. We pay for a mechanic for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every person who rides for the team has a mechanic. So yep. you have a truck driver, you have a manager, you have your riders, however many of those are, however many you can afford. Yep. They each get two bikes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have, say, a third bike just to spare. Basically, like a parts, a parts Yeah, bike. in case something yeah. goes crazy. Okay. Which most teams do. And we do. make sure we have parts yep. to keep the bikes running yep. at proper ways. Um, we pay for a mechanic and wherever we're based out of, so say we're based out of Florida. Yep. Well, then you have to live in Florida. If you want to live in California and you out there, then you have to pay for your own practice mechanic. We're not paying for that. Yep. That's a you thing. Which I think baffles my mind that more teams don't do what Star's doing right now, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. I think, and I, th- I believe that's a fair thing. Like, look, we'll pay for a mechanic and the mechanic w- will do your practice bike also, Yep. but you're going to have to be where the team is. Yeah, we're not doing this whole yeah. back and forth no. bullshit. No. Yep. So um, that way, and uh, and yeah, and every rider gets a base salary. Yep. Now, what that base salary is, eh, I, that's debatable. Well, it also um, depends on your presenting sponsors. Like yes. How much money do they want to kick in? Yes. Um, because, like I said, it's. I know you may, you brought up the argument about the truck drivers getting six figures. Well, that's a going rate for a truck driver. So. Let's face it. If they're not completely in love with moto or whatever, yeah. Why are they going to come to moto and drive a truck? All year for fifty five thousand dollars, when they can go drive a truck, yeah, in a local 
local region, be home all the time, yeah. and all they got to do is back up to a door, get loaded, and back up to a door to get unloaded for a hundred grand a year type deal, you know? Yep. So it's like you have to pay them the prevailing wage that, yeah. that's going for truck drivers. Like, that's the sad thing about it, and maybe they're getting paid a lot more than your riders, but that's the way this kind of stuff has yep. to go until we build the sport more where the riders are getting. Now, with that being said, I still feel like the top 20 dudes who are qualifying for main events in yep. Supercross, the top 20 finishers who are getting points in outdoor races, those dudes should all be making mid six figures or better. Yes. I mean, look at, let's face it, one Formula One driver's salary could pay <laughs> for... No, Nikita for, Mazepin's salary could pay the whole 450 top 20 main. Yeah, in 100%. Supercross. And that's including all the... Fa- don't get it twisted. That's including all the factory dudes. Over Eli, a million, Kenny, oh, Dylan... Could pay all, all top 20 yeah. in a main event like over a million dollars yeah, a What year. he makes at the end of the year, it could pay everyone. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Like, don't, get, don't get that twisted. The worst dude in the F1 grid is making more money than all of those yeah. fucking people. Which, before we do our show on how to fix the sport, I want to dive into... Like MotoGP, I want to dive into Formula One. I want to dive into some of the yeah, because MotoGP dudes, holy shit, economics they get paid a of lot of money. NASCAR, yeah. But so what I'm interested in is we all know like Formula One and, and MotoGP class. Okay, those guys get paid a shit ton. Yep. What about like Marquez, M- Moto Two, F Two, Moto Three, F Three? What are those guys making? Are they the making? DTM series? The yeah, there's a lot of you know. Are they making money? Are they not making money? And then again. Like like I said, I want to dive into the economics of a lot of this so that yep. that way when we do this show, I have an idea as to where I think we should go with it. Yeah, because I think the the biggest thing is is what people don't – I guess it goes back to what Coach was saying is people are just accepting it. Yeah. We have to get over this whole thing of accepting, well, oh, they just get a ride, so that should be good enough for them. We'll know, like, they're happy for the ride, but the thing is, is they've been working their asses off their entire life to get that ride, mm-hmm. but also to get – Paid for said ride. Yeah. Like, fucking gummy bears and dreams don't make the world go round. So just because they're getting that ride, if they're not getting paid for it, okay, they're getting to go do what they want to do professionally. But they also have to pay for whether maybe they don't have to pay for a mortgage because maybe they still live with their parents, depending on. But they got to pay for, you know, cars. They got to pay for gas. They got to pay for food. They got to pay for train. Like, they still got to pay to live just because they get to go do their job professionally. That's all set up for them. That's like, like Coach said, that's like going into your work tomorrow and your boss saying, well, thank you for uh, coming to work today, but I don't know how you're going to pay your bills. Yeah. Like, we need to get over this thought that just because these dudes get shots on these teams and that's good enough for them, like, that's the biggest, that's the main wrong thing with our sport. We shouldn't be just happy with just enough. Like, there's no other sport in the world. There's no other thing in the world where that's like, oh, hey, you get to go do your job for a living, which you really, really love, but guess what? You're not going to make any money off of it. Like, yeah. you would. Ne- don't matter how much you love your job, you're never going to go do that. Yeah. Like, that, that's what just is, and we'll talk about this when we do the Super Show, but that's one of the, been the most frustrating things about it since I've been in this sport that I love so much is, is people think, oh, you go get to do it for a living, get to ride dirt bikes, but you're not going to get paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Why the hell did I work so hard my entire life to get to said point just not to get paid for it? Like, you kind of have to, like, there is life after motocross. Like, the motocross career span is only a good 10 years if you're lucky. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's five. So what are you going to do after you're done racing? Yeah. Well, I don't have any money left, so I'm going to go work at wherever. Yeah. Like, like I said, I want to dive into the economics of stuff a little bit more. I want to try to figure out <clears throat> some numbers as far as, like, what a Supercross race makes. How, you know, because, like, payouts are a big thing, too. I mean, in my mind, there's no reason, like I said, that the top 20 dudes, the main event guys for most weekends. And don't get me wrong. 
I'm not saying we have to have 100 riders that make a million dollars a year, okay? No. That's... We can still have dudes that show up in their pickup truck and want to try to qualify for a race. That's fine. NASCAR has it all the time. There's dudes that show up with one car in a fucking truck, like, yeah. not, not a big race team, and try to qualify for these races. That's fine, too. But we should have a wide range of dudes. The 22nd dude in a 450 Supercross man should still get paid good money instead of just, oh, hey, you showed up, so the thank you. The 40th guy at a Supercross should still be making $100,000 a year. No, what I'm saying is, is like even for that main event, like yeah. the 22nd dude who got 22nd that night, yeah. he should still get paid decent money instead of, oh, high fives and Mid, mid six figures. Yeah, yes. like, like it's fucking stupid. Like, yes, to we be still, a pro athlete You're still the level. best in the world. Yep. And even the 40th place dude at a national should still bake better than... Now, don't well, get me wrong. That should also change the way that these... 22nd place guys ride yes. in that main event. I but should not knowing, see you rolling the track. You no, should be again But knowing riding. the number that we know about said person, what they made at Unadilla, and we're yeah. not going to go in, like, that's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you finished top 20 in one of the gnarliest tracks in the world, and you made, didn't even make four, fit, four digits? Yep. Like, that's absolutely ludicrous to me. Yep. If you were 18th, like, well, for perfect, let's take Formula 1 out of MotoGP. I don't know much about MotoGP. I know about Valentino Rossi. I know about Mark Marquez, and I know about Maverick Vanell. But if you finish 18th at a MotoGP, you're certainly not making $400. Yeah. And I understand it's MotoGP to perk MotoGP. The 20th place guy in Formula One is not is a multimillionaire. <laughs> yes, exactly. His shoes cost more than $400. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. All right. We got another privateer hero here. We're going to eventually up. have to talk about the race. We're going to, after this, we're going to do our race wrap-up. Yo, what's up, Travis? How's it going, man? Yo, Scott Meshi, Privateer Meshy. Hero. What is up, buddy? <laughs> Shoot, man. Just driving through the, uh, I guess, through the mountains of Arizona. Sick. Desert life. Yeah. Desert Des life, life yeah. bro. Des life. Yeah, dude. Just, uh, just chilling. Just, well, my mom, thankfully, my mom's driving. I'm, I'm working on some schoolwork right now and um just driving down the road and and that's that oh, day man. one of three your mom's in the car too no, yes Jesus. sir tell her i said what's up <laughs> why'd you just say it like that bro don't say it if like, you don't say it like that why you gotta say it like yeah why you gotta, like yeah, gotta make it weird dude look your mom will appreciate it all right god uh, your mom uh, loves me okay yeah whatever travis uh, oh why you got to say that like that yeah that too. was weird too why is it oh, weird what the fuck are you doing why is listen, it weird listen dude right right now you just you got yourself a big old shovel and you're just digging the hole deeper i'm not digging and any then holes. all of a sudden you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna look up and you're like oh shoot you're gonna be at the bottom going help me oh no it's i'm great when it comes to parents oh god travis good but lord previ- in a previous life with previous jobs i had to deal with parents all the time because i worked at kids places i'm great with parents oh, boy. parents oh, love me okay oh boy I'll take I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. I have the T-shirts and the pictures to prove it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Jesus. So, anyway, so you text me here while we were doing the show with some exciting news on some things. So, why don't you give us this uh, this exciting news here so that everyone can uh, can can get in the excitement with you here? Because I'm pumped for you, man. Oh, wow. I'll be the last to know. Yeah, you well, are going to be the last to know. Uh, listen, man. The biggest thing, there's a couple of goals that I've had this season. First thing, as a rookie going into Supercross, my biggest thing was I just want to make some main, and I just, I just want to make main gates. I accomplished that. Um, you know, even though I was a little late of an entry because I couldn't get my bikes quick enough, you know, that yep. 
we still made we still made it happen. <clears throat> I went into outdoors thinking, dude, I just want to get top twenty. I just want to get top twenty as many times as I possibly can. Last year I got so close so many times, you know, and you know, I might have gotten the hard charger award, but that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted those top twenties. Well, by second race, I was breaking top twenties. And then, you know, the next thing was just keep finishing top 20s. And then next thing I know, by about halfway through the season, especially by Millville, I was like, all right, I want to crack the top 15. And so, uh, you know, last weekend at Pala, I got 14th in the first moto and then proceeded to absolutely hurl my guts out because <laughs> the heat was, too, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was so terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, truthfully, you know it's bad when you have a really big, like almost shop fan on full blast and it's just doesn't even feel like the air is cool at all. Like it just feels <laughs> like it's blowing hot air. Yep. Uh, and you know, then going into Hangtown, I was like, all right, I want top 15 overall. Unfortunately, I didn't get that. I, uh, I got 14th in the first moto, second moto ripped the nastiest start of my life and was like sixth. I ran sixth for about the first, I think 10 minutes of the race, which was, a very interesting feeling. Um, it was a bit mind boggling because, you know, the first lap, I'm like, holy smokes, I'm up here and I'm actually staying right here with these guys. What do I do? And obviously, you know, <laughs> you know that you need to just go, but, you know, not being exposed to that before, I was like, uh, what the heck do I do? I mean, yeah, I don't know it, just my hands. A little, it just felt a little weird to be that close to leaders. I was like, you know, because... I, I mean, who the heck was up? Who the heck was up there? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Tomac was up there. I think the Coop was up there. Christian, um, Max, yeah, and then yeah, Christian Craig. And I was like, I was like, dude, like it's weird being like that close to them. And they, it's not like you know the first couple laps. It's not like they were like walking away fast. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, tipped over, got caught in the banners because I'm a goon and I let my bike go into neutral in the corner. I don't know if it, if I caught the right with the shifter or what. Either way, it's my fault. But, um, you know, the biggest thing, Travis, that my – the biggest goal, I guess I could say, that I have had all year long, even last year at the end of the rounds, I told myself, I want to get a national number next year. I want to get points and get a national number going into 2022. That's what my goal has been the entire year. And I am happy to say that we have secured the bag. We have gotten enough points to get the national number. I was actually told, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, that, you know, everything obviously as far as uh, I know that some folks have like career numbers, like Chad Reed will still have his number for next year. But apparent, apparently, I was sitting with number 85 going into Hangtown, and now we just got 12 more points. So I think that we, I think that we really secured it. Wow. Well, that would be excellent if you got 85, that because then we would go from Moran's 85 to Meshi 85. We would just keep the 85 just rolling keep the 85 on the show. In the family. Yeah. I mean, listen. Either way, I mean, I, here's the thing: is I wouldn't care. I mean, and this would be pretty cool if it was like number like 13 or something, but I wouldn't care if it was number 13 or 99. I literally wouldn't care. I just wanted that two digit number yep. because to me, I'm like, you know what? Like you, I, I feel like first, I mean, obviously getting your, your pro card and stuff like that, 
like that's cool. Like, you know, you're you're one of the you're one of the really good guys. You're one of the you're one of the top guys out there. And then obviously you go and you're making gates and you know, that's even cooler. You know, you're out there with the best guys, arguably on the in the world, but definitely in the United States. But if you go and you get yourself a national number, like you're a badass. You yep. know, like you you like that's my opinion. You know, you you've kind of reached a level of obviously I mean you're you're you know, one of the top hundred guys in the United States. Like you're like, you are it, man. You are at the top. Yep. And you know, it's, it's, um, it's pretty cool. I mean, and, and honestly, I've kind of set out basically every goal that I've, I've really wanted to accomplish this year and to be able to actually have all that come together, do the ups and downs of, of, you know, the, the whole season, whether it was starting off at Paula and absolutely sucking and then all of a sudden going to Thunder Valley, getting points, crashing out at high point, had nothing but bad luck at, at Red Bud with bike issues and wadding again at Millville and, you know, uh, you know, uh, heat issues at, at Bud's Creek, asthma and heat issues at, at Bud's Creek that, basically i was going into shock shaking on the like literally uncontrollable like shaking on the ground um you know one of the guys from from dunlop was nice enough literally was parked across the street from dunlop and the guy literally ran over to try and help me because he obviously didn't know what was happening and this dude just literally just saw me on the ground like shaking and he was like trying to like keep me focused you know my eyes are like rolling in the back of my head and all that crap just not a good time um and you know, that another asthma attack and at Ironman, you know, to be able to, to come away and get those points and get that two digit for next year. Holy smokes, man. Like what a roller coaster. Like, gosh, man, the payoff is freaking sweet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And That's now awesome, next dude. year, if you can get bikes on time and then smooth out a few of these issues. I mean, think about it. The, the number could go way down at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, the, the sky's the limit. And honestly, just, you know, the you know the way that I am is I continue to get better. You know, I, I just keep growing. Um, and that's what I've seen, you know, obviously over last year and now this year was just a ton of growth, man. Just a ton of growth. Yep. And, you know, that's, that's what we're going to keep doing. You know, obviously, if we're getting better. Next year's program is going to be better. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, really, I'm already starting the talks to try and get things pulled together for next year and, and trying to, trying to pull some support together, man, because I mean, I know that you guys have seen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that aren't going to be going racing next year. And unfortunately I, I don't, I think that there's going to be less teams than we realize, you know, that are going to be out there giving support, um, you know, and so it's going to, it's going to put a lot of, uh, you know, pressure on, on privateer efforts because, you know, it's just the, the team spots aren't going to be there like they were before. Um, so we're starting that process early. Well, Um, that, uh, I I don't want to be left out in the dark. That leads into our question of the week here that we're doing. We're just asking everybody this. Oh, we're asking everybody. Okay. So what in your what in your opinion justifies a team? So I was having a conversation this week with a friend, and uh, it basically right. was he's upset that we have these we'll call them quote unquote teams where the truck driver is getting a hundred thousand plus a year, 
And, well, I don't think that's the case because no, Michael Lindsay, Lindsay was driving it. But anyway, the truck drivers are getting 100k a year, and the guys are paying to ride for the team, and there's no salaries, and they're not running race gas, and all this shit like that. So, what, in your opinion, justifies a team? Oof. <laughs> well, I um, you, put, you know, put honestly, that's actually a really good question. Um, I guess the way that I personally see teams, um, I mean, listen, you could have two dudes rolling in a sprinter van that's wrapped and you could call that a team. Truthfully, you know, you could. Yeah. Um, is it a factory team? Absolutely not. Um, but I mean, a team is what you make it. However, I mean, there's obviously different levels i guess you could say like you did you know, your your tiers i guess you could say and while there's no exact order i guess no exact line to say this is this tier team aside from obviously you have your factory teams and we all know who they are yep um and then you have your teams that are uh either manufacturer recognized or manufacturer supported um you know like uh, Moto Concepts for a while, uh, when Brayton was riding for them, I know a couple years ago, when Brayton started to do really well on Moto Concepts, Honda basically said, you know, we're basically going to give you a couple parts to help you guys out. What do you want? And his, it, the first thing out of his mouth was your brake systems. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, you have your teams just under your factory teams that are, you know, your guys are, are usually, usually, I say the word usually here because I know there's an exception sometimes, uh, you know, getting paid at least decently. Um, you know, and they have a, a decent setup, usually a rig, and, you know, they're getting some support from the factories. Um, and then, honestly, I mean, you know, you have teams like, like Rocky Mountain that are, that are, you know, pretty much one of those teams and, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the whole thing. I, the problem is, is that I, I haven't read into it too much about whatever. I heard there was like comments out there about whatever with McElrath and being paid or whatever. Or something. I don't even know. <laughs> I might have put I up one of those comments. <laughs> I, uh, I, hey, listen, I don't. I actually don't know. I mean, like I said, it's been a while since I've talked to him, and I'm not gonna. I would never ask that kind of question because that's. I'll, ex- know, that's, I'll explain that's it to you when we're off the phone. All right. I've beat that horse enough here yeah, on the show. I'll I'll explain it to you when we're I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. That's that's fair. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you have you have stuff like that, but you know, you got you know, have factory supported or factory at least recognized teams like or, you know, like Rocky Mountain or Moto Concepts. Um you know, or I believe that even AJE was getting some level of recognition from Gas Gas. I can't say that one hundred percent. Uh, with confidence, but you have teams like that, and, and then you have you have other teams, um, you know, like SGB or PRMX that are, I would say, a little more like like uh, a privateer. That would be like a true like privateer team, where you know they're pulling together, eff- you know, they're pulling together resources, they're pulling together efforts. Most times, uh, I, I can't imagine that those guys are getting paid. Um, I, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know, even in my own small experiences, um, you know, that's not what I've come to understand. It's more of a thing of kind of making it easier on the rider and they get, usually get a race bike. 
Um, you know, it just depends on the rider, depends on the team, depends on how much, you know, and, and my own experience, it was, well, what can you bring to the team? What sponsors can you bring to the team? What value can you bring to the team? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, is it tires? Is it graphics? Is it plastics? Is it a gas card? What is that? Yep, um, you know, and that's that. what, that's what the privateer teams truthfully, you know, more times than not, you know, what I have seen. And again, you know, this is just my, my perspective and what I have seen, you know, in my, oh shoot, 18, 19 years of being around the sport is that guys that will bring money or at least bring value will get spots and will be a part of those privateer teams. And, you know, that's that. Um, but sometimes the, sometimes the, the bikes aren't all there, you know, hucked up to be, or, you know, this, this, the, the payment of, of riders isn't what it's hucked up to be. And sometimes promises fall short. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of hard to say exactly what constitutes a team, but you have all types of teams out there. It just depends on, uh. It depends on uh, what your resources are and what you would consider that to be. I mean, to be honest, man, like I bring more value to myself. I bring more value to the people that support me by doing my own effort. Truthfully. Yes. Um, And and to be honest, I think that that's a big thing. That's something that I believe in. um, And that's something that, you know, my mom has instilled is to give back. Um, and that's something that's really been important to me. And even, man, even, even in through my schooling and, you know, just general understanding of business is that realistically racing is like a business. And while it's a losing proposition for most, you know, there has to be some type of give back. Um, and so the folks, the folks that support me, I do whatever I can to give back to them, you know, and I, I stay loyal. Um, you know, and I give back, I, I try to create value for them because that's how it should be. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that's just going to jump ship just because, Yeah. um, you know, and to be honest, you know, just, you know, the horror stories that I've heard about some of the teams that are out there, you know, the smaller teams, uh, you know, people falling short on expectations for what they're supposed to get for a bike, um, you know, the pay, you know, there's a whole lot of talk. And sometimes the follow through is weak. And to be honest, man, I'm happy with the bikes that I'm on. I've created a really awesome program as far as my bike setup, um, and it'll continue to get better. Um, I work with amazing people. I mean, truthfully, I don't. There's, I don't really think that there's people that I work with that I'm not stoked to be work with. You know, not to be working with. So, um, you know, for you know, for guys out there. I mean, I guess if you want to call it a team, I mean, realistically, if you uh, if you got a couple guys, you know, transporting stuff and, you know, maybe if you're getting a race bike, then, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's a team. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to constitute. It depends on what level of support you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of I, I kind of I, qual- I would ask you. I would ask you, though. I mean, what 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 do you think? What, so- what do you would say what would you say that constitutes a team? So me and Justin were just talking about this, giving our answers, and so my thing is is that it, for me to justify you as a team, 
you need a truck, even if it's as simple as like the SGB deal, where it's a you know yep. a, a, a fifth wheel trailer or whatever. Um, yep, race trailer. Should, right. Yep, team manager, truck driver, however many riders you want to have. Each rider gets a mechanic paid for by the team. Now, if you say your team's based in California and you want to live in Florida, well, then you got to supply your own practice mechanic because we're not flying the mechanic back and forth. We're mechanics going to stay at the shop, at the home base, wherever that's at, okay, or vice versa, whatever, or, you know, wherever, North Carolina, whatever, doesn't matter. But we'll supply truck driver to get you to the races, um, mechanic for you, team manager to hold everything together, race bike, practice bike, parts, and some sort of salary on top of obviously we'll get you to and from the races you know per, per diem type shit um because in my mind you guys are a professional sport so in my opinion the top 40 dudes in in both classes for indoors and out should all be that way it should all be even if even if say you're the fortieth place dude, whatever, your salary should still be even if it's small, say thirty to fifty K a year. Still should be making money. You still should be making some sort of money. Now if you want to spend that thirty K on a trainer, on a practice mechanic, whatever, that's your that's your, your prerogative. prerogative. Yep. You can do that. But we're going to give you a base salary. We're going to give you some bonus options. We're going to get you to and from the races, and we're going to make sure you can practice. Those are what we're going to do for you. The rest of it is on you. And now, granted, that could go from 30000 for the 40th place guy to the top guy, like, say, a Ken Rocks and Eli Tomac. You could be making $5 million bucks a year. But that, in my mind, for at least the top 40 is what it should be. And then outside of the top 40 guys, okay, or, or you know, not even, let's say, top 40 because there's always these sleeper guys out there right but you can still show up in your pickup truck with your bike and try to qualify you know whatever because i i was equating it to nascar because we've been talking a lot tonight we've been asking everyone this question and we've been talking a lot about formula one um nascar moto gp pga that kind of stuff okay so even at nascar okay you have 40 dudes on the grid and even the 40th place guy in a NASCAR race is still doing okay-ish, we'll say. And there's still dudes that show up to NASCAR races in a fifth-wheel trailer, pulling it with their with their Silverado one-ton truck, you know, and they have one car, one motor, whatever, and they're going out there and trying to qualify for these NASCAR races. So, again, I don't want to eliminate the grassroots level of it where, like, hey, I can get my pro card, I can get my brand new 450 off the showroom floor, put my suspension on it, put my graphics on it, go to the race and try to qualify. I don't want to kill that grassroots part of it. What I want to do is I want to make sure that there's at least 40 dudes to fill the gates, whether it be for a night show for Supercross or for a outdoor moto. I want to make sure there's 40 dudes there that are making money doing this. And then beyond that, whoever's beyond that, fine no problem like if that's your life choice you want to make to privateer this up and drive to the races and that kind of stuff that's fine but in my mind between the promoters the manufacturers that are going on right now the 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 smaller teams there should be a cohesive working together to figure out how do we draw in the most money so that we can make something like this happen so that we don't have empty gates that's fair that that no, I, I think I think that I think truthfully, what you're talking about 
as far as those requirements, like to be considered a team. Yep. Realistically, that that would be uh, that would that would truthfully be like a Rocky Mountain, uh, an AJE, a uh, Moto Concepts. Yeah, and that and that, that my are, mind is that, is bare minimum. If you get any of these teams where you're paying, you're not getting bikes. You got to buy your own bikes. You got to pay to get yourself to the race. Any of that shit. That's not a team. That's a group of dudes that have a have a tent at a race. Like. I mean, I do the same thing. I pay to go to the, my I paid to go to my local race at Redbud yesterday so I could go race. I'm not a fucking team, okay? Like <laughs> I got a truck, I got a trailer, I got a bike, like whatever. I'm not a fucking team, all right? I had to pay money to go there to do that. It's a hobby for me. I'm a hobby team. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and and honestly, man, I mean, it's um I mean, obviously, in the perfect world, if everybody's working together, then, you know, obviously there's there's a bit of value creation that can be done and there can be a bit more, I guess, not I wouldn't say redistributing of of uh, money. But I mean, to be honest, there needs to be I mean, there should be a little bit of a of a change. But yeah, no, I think that you're pretty, uh, pretty solid, at least, you know, I think, you know, what's, what's interesting and I don't know if you know about this, but I know that in for many, many years that there was programs with like pro circuit, uh, obviously for the 250 guys. So, you know, in, in supercross and in outdoors where riders got to choose as far as their salary went and their bonuses where they could get paid less. And if they place really, really well, then they got paid big bonuses. Yep. Well, that was a little bit. They could, yep. They could get a, a bit of a higher, higher salary but you know you're not you're not going to be bonusing as much um you know so honestly i mean there's even like teams like that who you know are giving riders options for for salaries and bonuses and to be honest i um i would definitely say that it's it's at least worth i would say truthfully in in the least um if you are as a team Basically, transporting people's stuff, you're providing a race bike, practice bike. Um, even I would say a, a, I would say a, a smaller salary, and you know, you know, I guess really incentivizing performance. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, you know, because you you're then gonna you're really gonna be pushing guys to perform and if you're like hey like if you're out there beating some factory guys we'll give you we'll give you 500 bucks for every factory rider that you beat yep you're gonna have some guys going out there i mean they're gonna be out for blood but like you know (laughs) you're gonna have some guys that are gonna be really 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 you know putting in some some hard work at the test track at the practice track at the on the race day to, to go up and, and, and beat those guys. Um, and truthfully, I mean, you know, as long as, as long as for the rider, I feel like if your costs to race and to train or at least practice is zero or as close to zero as you can get, and you're getting bonuses and maybe a small salary, I would consider that a team. I mean, you know, for if you're finishing up close to top twenty, then 
then yeah, I think it, you know if you're if you're making mains, then I think that it's very reasonable to ask for a you know a small salary, something that you can live off of. Yeah, like there's no reason. I know it's not a lot, but there's no reason that any dude on the starting line for a Supercross main event or even an outdoor moto should be making less than thirty grand base salary. Because yeah. that's not much. No, and honestly, if you I would, if you got if you got to pay for your practice track to ride or whatever like that too, like that's eaten into it. But you know, thirty grand is doable in my opinion and, to get and, by. And let me tell you, let me tell you why that's reasonable. So, in the Florida area, obviously you're not going out to Baker's. Yeah. Um. You know, if you want to go out to Rattrace. Um, to be honest, I've heard different, I've heard different ranges. Um, you know, when I, when I talked to him, uh, before, I believe that, uh, I think that he was at like the 30 K mark with the 25 or 30 K mark for the year. And that was training, nutrition, all that workout routine, all that. Um, you know, out at 83 compound for a year commitment, which is what you have to do yep. as a year commitment. It's 15 grand. Okay. Um, you know, at Moto Sandbox, if you do, if you do, I believe it's a six month commitment. I think that you're, I think that you're looking at about nine grand, eight or nine grand. Okay. So like in all reality, so if, if you're looking at even your cheapest point being 15 grand for a year, mm -hmm. that's literally, if you're salarying somebody 30 grand, that's already half their, that, that's half their pay gone, man. And yep. that's just for them to train. Yep. That's just for them to train. And if they, if, and the thing with those, those yearly commitments and they're pretty hardcore on it, if you get hurt, if you're not racing, that's too bad. Like you're not, you're not, you're still paying anyway. Yep. So it's, it's yeah, no, 100%. That's 100% reasonable. I say I heard back, uh, back in the day before the goat farm sold, I heard that was about 24 K for a year there. Yeah. Cause MTF used to be between 15 and 20. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Um, now. you know, to be honest, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I had um, I had some guys that I raced against. Actually, a couple guys that I've raced against that have been there and stayed there. I never really asked, um, you know. But yeah. But I would I would say I mean, and truthfully, that's not terrible. Yeah. That's actually that's not a, that's not a terrible price. I mean, when you're telling me say eight nine grand for Moto Sandbox for six months. And they'll do it in a six-month cycle. To me, that seems all right. I mean, if you're an outdoor specialist, you're not a supercross yeah. guy. You have a great outdoor That's track there. It. You can pay the nine grand. You have somewhere to train. You're Chill. in Florida. Yeah. It, to, to me, that that seems okay if that's my, my lot in life to be a professional racer to go do that. If you're doing supercross, they have two supercross tracks there, don't they? Yep. Two supercross tracks, two outdoor tracks, a turn yeah. track. Yeah. So to me, that all seems that doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, now, Rattray with the 30K, that's a little more like eh, that you're trying. But I guess if you're trying to get a high end individual or high end individuals like, OK, cool, whatever, you know, I mean, and it just depends too. like I haven't I've only seen a couple videos of Rattray's place. I haven't seen a lot like it's not quite as as documented as, say, Moto Sandbox or something like that. So. Um, 83 yeah, compound, I mean, that seems good too. Like that seems like an okay deal. And obviously if you're out there, I mean, any of these places you go, if you get to ride with these top dudes, cause like 83 oh, obviously yeah. is, is the new spot from what I understand. Yes, so, sir. um, so yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, and and you know, obviously, don't quote me on on you know oh, on no. rad trays. I mean, that's yeah, no, you know, no. that's 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 where I, that, that was around ballpark. I believe that's where we were. That's what we were initially talking about because I went out there for the day to kind of see how it was and and talk to Tyla about about training out there. Um, to me, it just ended up not being. It just wasn't the fit for me. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, at least for for that time, it just wasn't the fit for me. Yep. Um, you know, and I found a I found a good home at, at Sandbox, and uh, you know, I mean, honestly, it worked really nicely for me. Um, so, you know, I, I was I was pretty happy with that, and and you know, what's interesting is, and I'll kind of equate this to you. So, if you make a Supercross night show as a two fifty rider, you get seven hundred bucks. Period. Yep. Now, once you once you make a main event, I think you make like seven forty, but you know, big winnings, big difference. Yeah. But you know, Woo. you know, as a as a two fifty rider, if you race every single race, all nine rounds, and you make every you know you make every show. Let's just say you're not making a main event, but you're making every show. You know, if I'm paying for the whole Supercross season of six months, you know, and obviously. That I mean, truthfully, eight nine grand. That's still that's still really cheap for for the for the facility. Mm-hmm. You know, that's definitely good. That's really good. That's really good pricing. But I'm only making seven hundred bucks, and that's that's not even covering. You know, and that's sixty three hundred bucks in nine rounds. Yeah, that doesn't even cover my training costs. Yep. And that's not even, uh, and you know, we'll go down. The, we can go down the whole spiel like we did last time, and and you know that we all know it. You know, that's not that doesn't even cover the the training costs. And not everybody has a supercross track in their backyard. And if you want an actual legit one, you got to pay some cash for it. Yep. Um. You know, and and you know, if you're out in California and you're riding Lake Elsinore, or, I mean, heck, I don't even know all the tracks that are there or not there anymore. Um. You know, they're they're not cheap. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's very reasonable, like you're saying to, to, you know, if you're able to pull together those type of resources for the privateers, I think that that's a, a big thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, we're working on it, buddy. <laughs> trying hard every day. Listen, I, listen, dude, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You know, there's, uh, you know, gotta, gotta put the love out there for the privateers and, and gotta, you know, show the support, show the love. And honestly, man, you know what's really cool is, you know, over these past couple rounds, I've had kind of people like cheering me along the sidelines. And obviously, I, I don't know. I don't, I haven't met them and they must follow like the YouTube or the Instagram and stuff like that. Yep. But, you know, I kind of get, I get sections of, of cheering and, or my, you know, my mom is somewhere watching and she's cheering. And then, you know, people start talking to her. And the next thing you know, they're starting to cheer for me and stuff like that. And, um, you know, now it's to the point where people are recognizing, you know, doing well and, and all that kind of stuff and, and, you know, asking for jerseys, asking for goggles and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, doing, you know, even what you're what you're doing right now, you know, interviewing me and interviewing other guys and giving a giving us a platform to talk and, you know, get names out there and create fans like it's so awesome. man. Like it's it, it's it's worth it. You know, even just not even just the money value of, of it possibly helping growing the sport, setting that aside, just just the intrinsic value, you know, the value of, of you know, 
how I feel about about you know making an impact on people's lives and being able to interact with people and, and kids, it's freaking awesome. Man. It like it's just awesome. So you yep. know, obviously, I just want you to know that you're what you're doing is more than just you know trying to to create value and and trying to bring awareness and and trying to in some way figure out something to help out guys like me it's more than just that you know you're creating fans you're 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 giving you're giving guys the ability for for real talk and you know not everybody can handle that but you know the people that that are open to hearing stuff other than what they already believe people that are a little more open-minded to folks like myself who are living it and doing it out of a van like it's you know it opens a lot of people's eyes and it, i think it creates a lot of fans and i think that what you're doing for for the sport is is awesome even on that note so Travis appreciate it's gonna make that. me cry i know well thanks buddy i appreciate yeah. well, it we're, man. Getting all, we're getting all emotional over here it, now. Does, it does mean a lot to me man because we're just we're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks and we appreciate all you guys that take time to actually talk to us because we get cool guide a lot um so we like to uh we like to chat with you guys uh is uh is our boy Clutch Media in the van with you guys, or did he fly home? Clutch Media had to fly home. Uh, he, uh, well, I just referred to him as well, Clutch listen, Media, man, not his I real name. I can't fault him for it. I mean, he's uh he's uh he's also got Clutch Racing, so he does the the goggles and the and the apparel and stuff like that, and he runs that. So, you know, he's got to make sure that he gets back so that way he can you know keep his business running. Yeah. Um. And, um, you know, obviously he's working on, on, you know, the blogs coming up and, and he's growing a, a good bit. You know, I, um, I actually met him. I, I don't know if I told you this, this, uh, last time I was on the show, I actually met him late last year after the season. And, uh, you know, he just started filming and, and editing and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, like I, I want to do a blog. I want to start something and I want to start a story. And he jumped right in both feet and next thing you know, and now, you know, now, now we're growing, you know, we're growing the YouTube, you know, the guys, the guys already hit a thousand followers on Instagram, which is pretty cool. And, you know, he's, you know, been doing some, doing some stuff, you know, doing some edits for, for big guys. And I know he did some stuff with Vogel and, uh, you know, doing pictures for, for big guys and, and getting, you know, getting blown up. So just to be able to, to grow with him and, and, you know, Sater's such a, uh, a cool dude and, and, uh, and just a good guy, good friend. Yeah, um, he's awesome. Know, it's, we're it's, we're we're working with him too now a little he, bit. So is is, yeah, is he going to be go. up in there October? Like, is that something that I, I don't just... know? So Scott, what do you got going yeah, on? What do you got, what do you got going on like October twenty second, twenty third? Yeah, other than training for uh, Supercross because we know that's a thing. I was gonna say probably training for Supercross, but honestly, other than that, I. I'm not totally sure. I'm, I'm curious. Well, now you need to drive to Michigan. Interest, you, what do you have in mind? You, you need to, to drive to Michigan. You need a road trip up here for the weekend. We got a sick oh, backyard boy. track. I'll send you a. Vi- I'll send you some videos of it. Call it the golf course. We we do call it the golf course. It's AKA Bucks Motocross. Uh, once. Oh, he- I know what you said. You told me about this. Yes. You told me about this. Yes. So you need to road trip up. We got Kev's coming up. Uh, Moran's is coming up to do that to ride. He's gonna bring the 150 and I think the 452. Uh, to rip around it because he's actually been out there when he was here for Red Bud. I took him out and showed him because they, they only do the track once a year right now. We're working on that too, but right now he only does the track once a year and it's sick, dude. Like we ride Friday evening from like four to seven ish and then we ride all day Saturday and then there's like 
There's a lot of other shit I going on. I say they do like pit bike races and all, all sorts there's, of there'll cool be food stuff there. like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you uh, know, you need to. You know, honestly, I um, I I think I I'm gonna see what I can swing. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can swing something to to be able to come up there. And um, you know, honestly, I might uh, honestly, I'll have to see because pretty much as as of right now, my bikes, my both my 450s, my race bike and my practice bike are for sale. So I'm gonna see what kind of what kind of stuff I have going on, but um, I actually have a a, a a good friend of mine who uh, is a sponsor. He uh, he has a, a special little something that uh, I might see if, if he'll allow me for media purposes to steal it for oh for the weekend. If Sick. He's open oh to boy. It. Sick. I'm gonna, all all I gotta say. is it's a big boy two stroke over 500 cc. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Well, so I got a I got a CRF 450. I'm pretty much whoring out to anyone who wants to ride it. Also, that'll be ready for then. So, all right, all right. Well, we'll listen. I mean, I guess I guess we'll see. I might, you know what? If for for a two stroke that's over 500 cc's, I might just slap the 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 Olin suspension that's on my 450 right now. I'll just slap <laughs> that on there. And Here we just, go, Scott. You're gonna just, give everybody a fucking boner. <laughs> She's rolling out on a 500. <laughs> Calm her down here. Holy shit. going to start off. Everybody's going to be like, you know what, what the fuck is that? You know what's that? funny, though? I actually, I've been wanting to get a, a 252 stroke just for myself. Because, like, uh, I spent some time with, with a buddy of mine, uh, Brian, Brian Surratt, um, before Paula. He was nice enough to have me out of his place and, and uh, stay with him to kind of keep my costs slow. Talk about a good dude, man. Like, literally, what a good dude. I mean, you know, the guy's out there top tenning. And, um, you know, to be honest, you know, talking to him and, and the guy's not getting a ride, so I don't know what the hell that's about. Yeah, that's you guys bullshit. should talk to him. He's a cool dude. We would love to. Uh, I heard he's tough to get a hold of, so if you could like pass my number along to him and tell him to text me, it would be awesome because uh, Ryan's a I, bad dude. Bro, I got you. Yeah. I, I got you. I got, I'll call listen, I'll call him and be like, listen up, brother. <laughs> we got we gotta we gotta get on we gotta get on this, man. Like you're you're top tenning, you know, and uh um, eight, eight. And his dad's his dad's a freaking trip. But uh but you know he has a he has the Craigslist killer. He has a I think it's an O three CR two fifty two stroke that has like a zillion hours on it, and he just rips the freaking crap out of this thing. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, obviously being in between, you know, when you're in between bikes or riding for a team or whatever, like that's the bike that keeps me riding. And I'm like, damn, that really makes me want an old two fifty two stroke. And I've always wanted one, but like after seeing that, and I'm like, man, no, I really want one. Oh. And uh, you know what's funny? I actually almost picked up a blown up uh, RM two fifty two stroke in California and brought it home with me. I almost did it, Sick. and I got looking Should into have. it a little more. I, I was looking into it a little more, and it's an O one. And I found out that apparently the O one motor was different from the O two motor, which was different from the O three to O eight motor, and it was like impossible to get any parts. And I'm like, well, damn. Well, that ruined my whole plan. Uh, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the lookout. I'm gonna see. I mean, honestly, it's hard to to come up with like an extra couple grand. Obviously, you know, I I just can't do it. Yep. Um, well, know, I I you know, but now, now that know, you're saying, I, I may. Oh, go ahead. Go now, ahead. Now that you're now that you're talking about those, I may have an early. 2000s CR250. I can get you if Are you we make talking it up about here. Who I think we're talking about Spike. I'm sorry, say that one more time, bud. I said I may have an early 2000 CR250. I can get you if you make it up here for that. I'll have to double check. 
I'll have to double check because oh, it was offered to me last year. Because right before this event last year, like the week before, uh, my 450 took a shit on me. Um, so I was like all bummed out because I was like, damn it, I live all year for this ride. And uh, now I can't do it again. I'm real good at blowing my bike up right before the end of the year. So uh, th- this was offered to me by a friend of mine uh, like the day before. And in fact, had he not offered it to me like at 10 o'clock the night before, I probably would have taken him up and gone and got it. I mean, dude, it is pristine. I think it's got number one plates on it. I believe it's got the oh, uh, Woody, Wood- Woody Woodpecker graphics on it. Like, no way. yeah, so I'll have to hit him up and see, but, uh, if he still got it and if I could possibly borrow it, but he was, he was pretty adamant about bro. Like if you want it, just come get it whenever you want. And I was like, dude, I may do a video with it next year, which of course I haven't done yet. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll hit him up and talk to him and see if he, if, see if I can borrow that. So we may be able to get you one of those if, uh, if that, if that needs to happen here. Yeah. Listen, dude, you you really never know. I mean, I, <laughs> truthfully, I have been actively looking. I mean, I'm looking for a Craigslist killer, a Facebook fun bike, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, if if it's if it's the Zuckerberg motorcycle special, who knows? <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever that looks like. These names know? are awesome. We I gotta know, put like these it. on a t shirt. Like, yeah, like we're gonna do a build called the Facebook Fun Bike and Facebook put that on bike. put that on a t shirt is what we're gonna fucking do here now. So Yes, sir. Sick. Yes, sir. Listen, I mean, listen, I mean, we're, I'm looking. I, I was even looking there. I mean, there was a, I think it was like a 03 or an 04 KX 252 stroke in Jacksonville. And it was like a grand. And I was like, mm. you know, I, I heard that the old, the old KX, you know, 252 strokes, I heard those things can turn. They might hmm. be turds, but I know people that can make them fast. They just don't handle really well at high speed sections. So be careful with that. <laughs> I mean, listen, here's the problem is, it doesn't matter if it handles like crap, if it's slow, or whatever. I'll ride the freaking piss out of the thing and have an absolute blast doing it. Why? Because I love two-strokes. Hell and yeah. to be honest, there's nothing more satisfying to me than riding a two-stroke for like five laps and being like, yeah, this was way too much work. I'm hopping back on my 450 and just chilling. <laughs> where, I can, where I can ride the roughest tracks in the United States at the very end of a 30 minute plus two and put in some of my fastest laps on a 450 and just be absolutely just chilling and grilling versus a 252 stroke. I'm just absolutely hammering the freaking life out of the thing and feel like after five laps, I'm like, yep, no, that's it for me. I'm, I'm cool with being a lazy rider now. I love this kid, man. He just recognizes it. Yep. Just recognize two strokes are just harder to ride. I love this kid. I'm, I'm with you on that. I love this kid. But I'm also I'm yeah, with dude. you too of like looking on the Craigslist in the in the Facebook all the time for him. Like all the time. Uh, see, this guy, this guy, I guarantee you, we're gonna get off this call. We're gonna get off this show. And this guy, all of a sudden, he's gonna download the Craigslist app and all of a sudden <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace is about to blow off. This guy's going to be like, what can I find? By the time he gets back to Florida, he's going to have six bikes to go look at and (laughs) see, like, which one do I want. Dude, bet, bet, 100%. Hey, I'm I'm in it. I'm in it. Bro, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. I'll even even go have these with (laughs) me. Bro, I'm telling you, me and Justin, okay, so we're getting ready to fire up like a like a power sports shop out the side of my powder coating shop at this point. So we've been kind nice. of, because Justin had a shop for a long time with his dad, and his dad's unfortunately not with us anymore, but whatever. Anyway, um, 
not to get all sentimental and sad and everything right now. But anyway, so so he's been rebuilding my 450 for me, and we're almost done with that. And then, like, I have way too many bikes to be even proud of at this point. Uh, like, I got, like, a dozen bikes. So anyway, um, so the next one up on the list that we've been talking about doing is I have a 93 CR125 that has been basically oh everything God. other than wrapped around a tree. Uh, I traded a kid a set of Camaro wheels that I bought at some point to just powder coat and resell. So I powder coated them for him and then <laughs> traded him for the bike. So like probably the best trade ever for like 200 bucks. I got this bike, but, oh, uh, <laughs> dude, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, that, that is what, that is love that finesse. Yeah. So we are, uh, so we have been talking about like, that's the next one up. Cause we're trying to really build the YouTube thing with the bike builds or whatever, which is also why I'm constantly on the lookout, even though like you, I have no money for it. Like I'm looking for these blown up turds, diamond in the rough like what can we rebuild one of the things and i haven't even talked to you about this justin that i've kind of noticed recently is like if you can get into like the 80s bikes like the 80s crs and like rebuild those like dude people fucking love them and oh yeah dude i got five grand for an 85 cr 125 yeah so so i've been looking i found an 85 86 cr 250 last night in a box in a box special 900 bucks on facebook and i'm like Man, these old turds are probably going to suck to ride because they got drum drum brakes and no suspension. But I'm like, bro, we could rebuild it and I could ride it really, really fucking slow for a couple laps for a video. High center of gravity, too. So they. That's you good. That's you good. Listen, you know, for me, honestly, I like, dude, 80s and 90s bikes. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. If you're about, if you're talking about an 80s, an 80s CR125, you really must not want to go fast. Like, I'm pretty sure that most 65s nowadays can probably go faster than that thing. Yeah, they were only, they were only like 31 but, horsepower back in the day. It's good to go. <laughs> but, but. Like, it's Scott's I mean, laughing over there. You know, Some old guy's going to hear this. Like, that's bullshit. Listen, dude, just rebuild it one time. Take it to a sand track one time. <laughs> get a, make sure that you got multiple cameras on the track because it's going to blow up. And have a great time for a couple laps. Go for it, 100. Look, I'm gonna find that 95 CR 250. I'm gonna build a Honda Troy bike, and, and we're gonna go vintage racing with Scott. I mean, I'm in. Scott, he's gonna go vintage racing, and we're just gonna we're gonna go over to Matterly Basin, and we're gonna do the vintage MX of Nations. That we are not gonna do. But oh, I'm, oh, oh about that. Th- I'm about that. Action. See, there you I'm go, buddy. Three, three out of my last four races here of the year are all vintage races on my vintage 2021. Okay, it's totally you fine. You are such a turd. I love those days, though. I know, man. But so you got to be on a vintage. Bike. So, Scott, check this out. There's a local track here. It's about an hour from us. And they do these vintage races, okay? And they have classes all the way from 70s up to what they call the modern support class or whatever. So if you show up on a modern bike, you can still ride. So you go in, you pay, you get your practice, your two motos, and you're done before noon. Like, I went and, I went and did one uh, probably about a month ago. 11 o'clock, I rolled off the track for my second moto. And then, like in the no afternoon, yeah. And then, like in the afternoon, they have like open practice at the track, which is why they offered the modern classes because they're hoping to get the guys there to race and then practice. Which I did. Went out, rode a couple practice sessions after the race too. But it is like the best thing ever. Now I don't have a vintage bike to race yet because we haven't rebuilt that '93. Once I do, then yeah, I'll probably ride that in the morning and then ride my normal my uh, modern bike in the afternoon. But dude, it's the sickest thing ever because. 
all these dudes are out there on their vintage bikes. So it's cool to see those go. And like I said, you can go, you can race. There's not a shit ton of people. I think when I raced, so they divide the modern classes up by age. So it's like 14 to 24 and then 25 plus 30 plus whatever. But there was only like five or six of us in each age group. So there was literally like all the kids from 14 up to like 40 plus. We all rode the same at the same time on our modern bikes. But it was sick because, like I said, we were done by noon. I was I was done. I could pack up, go home, be home for an afternoon nap. Like it was awesome compared to like <laughs> which as you get which as you get older is more valuable than you think. Oh, dude, for me it's awesome. I mean, we went to Redbud yesterday for a local race, and it wasn't terrible. I was an early moto. I was moto five out of seventeen, and we were done. I think I rolled off the track about three thirty ish for my second moto, so that wasn't terrible. But like I went to Redbud for Vet Fest about three or so weeks ago. And dude, at three o'clock, we were just finishing up the first round of motos. Um, so it was like I left. I didn't even stay and do my second one because it had been five thirty, six o'clock before I rode my second moto. I was done, dude. Like, no uh, way. I mean, dude, at that, at that point, at that point, yeah, no, you just throw in the towel or you go up there and you raise enough hell where they just basically do start white flag and that's it right <laughs> just a one lap heater. just a one lap heater <laughs> yeah cause... listen you tell them you tell them listen man i am a local rider i am a fair weather rider i'm not <laughs> here to be in the sun all day yep. i'm here to, to go enjoy the track really not even worried about you know how i place i'm just here to be with my buddies have a nice time drink a beer go home you know let's let's not let's not take this let's not make it longer than it has to be exactly like i rode old man's i ride old man c class all right and like (laughs) 25 of us on the gate sick like i'm back there battling for like 15th place in this old man c class no problem I had a dude, man, yesterday in my second moto that I tracked down. I I was watching my GoPro last night. He was about three seconds ahead of me with two laps to go, and I tracked him down. Couldn't get make the pass happen, but I tracked him down, made up three seconds. It was a great time. Try to pull a Dylan Ferrandis. I had a good time, okay? But like, yeah, and you're gonna have a better time doing that at one o'clock rather than like five o'clock exactly exactly and that's when people talk about like oh you got to be there all day to race 12 laps okay cool let's eliminate some of the classes let's tone this down a little bit okay like the 50 junior kids or whatever the 50 seniors that still get to ride on the big track great maybe they don't do four laps on the big track since it takes them five minutes to do a lap maybe they only do two or maybe if that's the case and you want them to do all these laps maybe they still ride the kids track like you know, whatever. And maybe like us old guys, maybe we only do three laps. Yeah. It's like, I don't have a problem yeah, doing three no laps. To, there's no reason to be that winded. You need you need proper lung function for beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to drink and take a nap later when I can't even breathe? I don't understand. Dude, Fuck. Oh, this is an amazing interview. I this just... Is, I mean... Dude, we'll fix the world's problems. One day Scott will understand because he will be that 45-year-old guy that used to race, and now my body doesn't work quite as well as it used to, you know? And drinking beer. Yeah, Drinking listen, beer at the listen, track with man, us. I, 100, 100%. I'm not there yet. I See, I, don't, oh, I no. don't drink now, and I really don't have the desire to. But I know maybe later in life I might be that guy that's like, yeah, you know what? I've done my years of literally busting my freaking butt to just break into the top 20 to get that national number 
and to try and, you know, make waves. But you know what? Those days are over. I'm here to enjoy it. And you know what? Second moto is literally an option because I don't care. Yep. You know? It's got to be the get off my lawn guy. <sighs> it's okay, man. It's a good time. One day, Scott will be in the old man class with me. I mean, waxing my ass. Just completely no, waxing well, my ass still. Scott's going back to Loretta's at 60 plus class. Yeah, it's fine. But, it, but it'll be fine. We'll have a good time, okay? <laughs> dude, no matter, listen, no matter what. And honestly, dude, at the end of the day, even when I'm like hurling my guts out, I mean, hurling my guts out is not a good time. But, <laughs> no, know, it usually I'm isn't. Always, you know, I'm always out there, you know, during the races having a good time you know for you know even when you're like suffering and then you come back and you're like god that sucked and then you're like but i'm not gonna lie though it was pretty sick it was pretty fun yeah well, speak, um, speaking, you know, of fu- speaking of fun can scott you know, can you can you uh are you good at doing whips i'm sorry what was that are you good at doing whips you know honestly i'm not a big whip guy uh, but okay. you really i mean you never listen you never know i mean it's Honestly, I get I get a lot of crap for it because I don't I don't do a lot of whips, but I can scrub a bike pretty dang low. Well, and the, not only that, but you never know. I, I might be able to bust out a really nice whip. And um, actually, it's that's a it's it only comes out when I really need to. There was a, a buddy of mine that I actually that uh, I used to race with, and this guy always gave me such a hard time. And we happened to be out in time qualifying at WW uh last year i think last year i believe and dude i I, like i passed him during time qualifying right before the big the one big tabletop at ww and i think you know what i'm talking about the one that got super sketchy and everybody crashed off of (laughs) yep (laughs) and dude in time qualifying (laughs) in time qualifying and i passed him and i was it was right before the the table that threw the fattest whip of my life and I came off the track, and he goes, holy shit, I did not know that you could do that. And I was like, yeah, no, dude, I mean, I can. I just don't do it. I don't have any need to. It's unnecessary. I mean, well, <laughs> the reason why I ask is, is because it, uh, at this event we have on Saturday morning, uh, we have a whip contest off this uh, booter table. So I was just wondering, if you can do whips, maybe you can go out there and win the whip contest, too, while you're at it. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'll do it for fun. I don't care if I win or lose. Well, I'll just go. go to have a good time. You never know. I might be able to bust something out and be like, dang. Even Sater will be surprised because that dude doesn't hardly ever see me win. <laughs> I'm all, listen, man, I'm all about efficiency. If you, I mean, truthfully, the, 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 the photos that you see me posting on Instagram, you know, those are, those are the really good pictures where my form looks good for the most part. But other than that, like my form, my form isn't that great. You know, when I'm when I'm 25 minutes deep, do you know how worried I am about form? Zero. I'm just worried. Got shoulders and to top, toes yeah. pointed out, heads I'm down. I'm about just chilling and getting getting through and, and keeping my laps good. And honestly, man, I'd probably look like a freaking wet noodle, and that's okay. I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, I, I I'm awesome. calm Jesus. and I'm cool, collected. But I'm I'm more of an efficient guy, you know. I'm not I'm not uh, you know. And I, it's funny the the guy that actually was was nice enough to help me out uh, as my mechanic this weekend. Um, he was like, dude, he's like, you're not an aggressive rider. You just look super relaxed, and I can barely hear your bike when you're going past me. He's like, but what's crazy is you're going so fast, and you're going really fast. You're going 
pretty fast compared to a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, man. I mean, I don't, I don't need to be. You know, I'm just, I'm kind of relaxed. That's why I can only make it about five laps on a 252 stroke before I'm a little gas. You know, <laughs> it's just not the most and efficient okay, bike in the world okay to ride. I don't that. know what you want from me. I'm, uh, listen, dude. Listen, dude. You got to have a whole crew of filmers out there because those five laps are going to be bangers. But after that. We're I done. Know, man. Just cut, just cut uh, the foot. Just cut I, I the gotta, camera after that. A, I gotta take a. I gotta take a break, man. It's too much. That's how I feel all the time riding. See, this is this is easy. <laughs> now you know how I well, feel. Travis, you ride like once a week, so that's part of it too. That is also a problem, if I'm lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. So, I mean, yesterday was the first time in two weeks I've rode, so it's cool. There it's you fine. go. Well, you know, we live in Michigan. The weather is always on a break. Haven't rode in two weeks. Where'd you decide to go ride? Red bud. It was fine. It's no fine. big deal. Well, at least you didn't say Baja or Bulldogs. Super deep. You know, it's cool. At least no you didn't say deal. he rode one week and then went up to the brawl or something. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. So. Well, all right, Scott. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I know you're driving, so uh, or well, no, mom's, mom's dri- driving. Ma's driving. But you need to keep her entertained, all right? I I do need to keep her entertained, and I also have an assignment due. Uh, what the heck? It's uh, um, what time is it on the East Coast? Uh, it's nine o'clock right now. Yeah, I got a, I got an assignment due in about three hours. Sick. So, nice. Well, yeah, we've been at the show for end. three hours now, so my butt's starting to hurt. And we still need to go over the race. We're not going over the race. Uh, we'll just talk about the main points. Listen, if you're going over the race, just like, you know, pull up that uh, pull up that second moto in the 450 and kind of pull up the star. And you're like, oh, shoot, there's our boy Meshi. We were just on the on the phone with him. Dude, you laugh. you'll see He's, me. I'm that, right he there. He sent that to me already. He screenshot said to me where he was in sixth place. I was like, sick. Well, you know, fucking yeah, sick. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Listen, being me, it was pretty sick. Oh, no, that's awesome. Like, trust me. If my if I ever was in a professional race like that and my name was in the top 10, dude, you would see nothing but Instagram pictures for the next six months of my name being in the top 10. All right. Any picture I could <laughs> find less, of me in afterwards. that place, I don't care. Any picture you could find of me riding in that position. You'd get a shirt with that thing. picture on there. Dude, that's all you would hear about for about six months. There would be nothing. Someone would say something to me like, are you going to take the garbage out? I was in top 10 in a 450 Pro Moto. Fuck off, peasant. Uh, (laughs) What the fuck? That's exactly (laughs) how I would act. At that point, bro, if you got to get a job at Walmart, it wouldn't matter. Put that shit in the resume. Dude, print it off and just slide it across the desk first and be like, here's my resume. Like, Bro, I don't know how to do inventory, but I can get top 10 in the Moto Outdoors. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Just like, yeah, look, you see. I mean, and what's funny is, uh, one of my sponsors actually took a screenshot of the live timing where it was like, it was like ten minutes in, and I was still in sixth. And I'm like, yeah, no, like that's my flex. That's one hundred percent. That's gonna be my flex for a while. Hell yeah! Start sending it to other privateers and be like, do you have a screenshot of your in the top ten? Send it to Surat. Yeah. Yeah, listen. Our boy, I'm, listen, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get our boy on here. I'm gonna get the boy Surratt on here, and you know, he's he's like me. He's a pretty pretty uh, pretty calm tongued guy. But you know, listen, let just gas this man up for for top tenning. This dude just got seventh overall. Oh, we will. Don't you? Oh, worry. we will. And and you know, like what? A, like such a cool dude. Like what a nice dude. And like the guy, like the dude won four championships at Loretta's and and didn't get a factory ride the only time i've ever seen that ever you know schoolboy wanted to the guy won won championships at this in the same year mm-hmm. and the kid didn't get a ride like and 
you know, the guy, like, I feel like the guy, I just feel like he's not getting the recognition that he deserves. Yeah. So, I, I listen, man, like, I, like, you see, man, like, I'm not, I, like, you know, the, this shows, I hope this shows, like, the type of person I am, because, like, I, like, that's my boy. Like, I'm going to gas him up 100%. He's another privateer, and 100%, like, would I like to see him do well? Absolutely. You know, if he gets a factory ride, am I still going to be gunning for that spot? Absolutely. And But you know what? We're all... You know, we're all just hoping well on each other, man, because that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's my boy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to see guys like myself and guys that, you know, deserve the spots to get them. Yep. hundred percent. So, well, all right, man, we're going to wrap the show up. We appreciate you coming on. Great year. I will. Uh, awesome. Awesome. I'll send you some videos of this track so that that way, you know what you're getting into. If you if you can make it up all here, right. so. All right, man. Cool. Listen, dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push to make it happen. We're gonna we're gonna see if we can make this thing happen. I'll text you every day. It's always a good time, man. <laughs> it's always a good time. So, thanks, Beshi, buddy. Beshi times Moto Aftermath collab, love it. Yep, hundred percent, man. We're gonna have a busy two days. We, it's gonna all be right, a lot busy. going on. <laughs> I'm trying to ride too. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, man. Good luck Thank with your homework. <laughs> see ya. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, Scott Meshi. Scott Meshi, Privateer Hero. Possibly number 85. Possibly. <laughs> That's going to be really weird. So, like, I, if he got 85, I wonder what Kev is going to end up with. Honestly, I really hope he's not 85. I hope he's something different because it confuses shit me. He's, like, 85 and Kev. Maybe that'd be funny if he ended up with 85 and Kev ended up with 77 again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Weird. This is really weird. I don't know. So we once again didn't really cover the race. Uh, Jet won the title, so that's pretty much all we have to talk about. Almost lost it. Holy shit. Yeah, that was a wild day for him. Yeah. We're was, not covering a lot of the race here. We're no, just he, was, he, was, title. he was right. I mean, dude, that's what happens when you get caught in the trash, bro. Dude, Jay Coop did what he needed to do. Can I? Okay, so I have a question for you here before we wrap this. The decision in the second moto to line up between Kitchen and Coop. Hmm? Dumb. Dumb. Unless you're on the left side of Justin Cooper and your plan is right before the gate drops to slap his uh, kill switch. <laughs> Don't like when I saw that, I'm like, Jet, what the fuck are you I'm doing? Gonna, I'm going to be real honest with you, too. And I know and people actually who listen to the show know that I'm not a Jay Coop, pan, Jay Coop fan. So the words that are coming out of my mouth. No, it's not me just like saying it. Uh, I really believe that had now we know that it was a thumb and i still think he was a little bit sick for some rounds but a thumb yeah his thumb was his issue i'm not so sure had he not broke his thumb at washugal that he's not your champion right now i Maybe. mean i'll be real honest with you though and i only say that take another way from jet because the four motos that he had from iron man to paula were amazing but we also saw what jay coop was doing in the first motos like yeah. up completely annihilating everybody yeah after washugal yep and I'm not saying this for certain, but it's just my unbiased opinion. Had he not broke his thumb at Washugal, I am not so sure Justin Cooper is not your 250 champion right yep. now. No, I can't argue. I mean, I, I it, really was, do. it was a I hate saying race. that. You know I hate saying that. Yep. I really do. Yep. But, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, he did his job. And unfortunately for him, you know, going 1-1, like, he came into such a points deficit. But, dude, holy shit, bro. That was a roller coaster, that first dude. moto. And then the second moto, coming into hitting the back of Volan's tire. Like, Jet... As much as we like to talk about how composed he is and how relaxed he is, that did show, though, for anybody that they that he still is a kid. They, well, so they were talking on Main Event Moto. They were like, dude, he was so relaxed after all that happened. Like, 
coming through the pack and stuff in both motos, they were like, it's almost, did you mean to do this? Were, well, you, were you trying to just well, make it see, interesting? Here's, like, the, here's the thing, though, is, is in the, and I'm not. Were, and I'm were not, you pulling a James Stewart and just letting him go by and then but <laughs> see the, seeing if you could go catch him? The, like, thing, the thing is, though, is it's easy to say that. Yeah. But. You could watch in his riding that he was not relaxed. He wasn't at first, but he definitely... The second moto, he was. Second moto, he was more relaxed. End of the first moto, he relaxed down and started Well, yeah, when he knew off. that he was in... The, when he yep. did, yeah, But the second, the second moto, second yes. Moto, but the first moto, you could tell, like, dude, that was not by... Like, obviously, yeah. you're not going to go out there and crash, especially it's, the Tyson Johnson crash. Yep. Like, he got lucky with that yeah, one. Yeah, and... But, like, that's the thing is, is it's easy to say in hindsight after the fact. Yep. But, yeah, I can definitely tell you right now in the first moto, like, he was probably going under his helmet going, fuck. <laughs> like his heart rate had to have been maxed yeah. like he was not because that's the thing is had he not got seventh because it was seventh right the yeah. first moto had he not got seventh that first moto going into that second moto that's a whole different conversation like yep. he is not so yeah i mean congrats to jet it was awesome crazy season i have a championship uh, shirt on the way yep it's uh it's unfortunate that it wasn't closer obviously like i said we know jay coop broke his thumb and I still think he was a little bit sick from some rounds, but congrats to Jet. Congrats to Dylan. Um, it's a crazy season. Definitely did not go the way that any of us, when we did our preview show, thought it was going to go. Nope. Uh, also, <laughs> didn't have an American win either title, so that kind of tells you where Outdoors is. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, congrats to Joe Schmoda. I stand by what I said on the last show. If he's on a coast opposite of Jet and Colt Nichols, I think he's the favorite for a Supercross title. Uh, and Dylan Schwartz needs to get a fucking ride for next year. Also, by the way, can we talk about the fact, I know before this ends, two things. Are Dylan and Jet, like, secretly boys or something? I don't know. Because, like, did you not notice when Jet, after the wall, the, the oh, vert, where he the waved vert at ran him? both motos? Yeah. Like, it, what, what was that about? I and then know. did you also know, go, notice going around in the first turn when he was lapping a Yamaha rider, the guy was going like this? Yeah, but he was doing that to both him and uh, whoever else was going past him. Yeah. Because there was somebody else lapping him, too. And I think he was just waving them all by, like, hey, go, go, go. Like, I'm out of the way. Yeah, I'm, I mean, maybe I'd have to go back and watch that. But I also think it was kind of weird because he was literally, like, 30 feet away from yeah. Jet. So what was the point of that? I don't know. And but I want to know the Dylan Schwartz thing. The Schwartz thing. thing was funny, though. I had to rewind it because I thought he flipped him off. See, and I then, never thought and, that he And I went him. back and I was like, what in the fuck just happened? Like, did they come together? I missed yeah. it. But then, no, you go back and you watch it in slow-mo. And no, he just. And then he does it again in the second moto. Yeah. And then, so, I don't know. Fucking Weege being Weege. Oh, yeah. Like, maybe he was waving him by because he was like, hey, he didn't make it easy or hard on him. Yeah. But I'm like. No. I don't know. I'm like, that has nothing to do with it. So maybe him and Schwartz are secretly boys. I have no idea. But uh, if Dylan Schwartz doesn't end up on a team next year. Not this next is, year, year after. He, well, he deserves to be on a team next year. I understand that. But it, it's There's not enough seats. But the year after, yes, yeah, he well, will be on a team. He should be taking someone's fucking seat next year because well, it's absolute bullshit. And I would argue with anybody had Moseman not decided to take him out in the first moto. Yeah. Dylan gets uh, on the box. So, I mean, I haven't heard anything from Schwartz. But I did listen to an interview from Moseman, and it was just kind of a racing accident, from what I understand. Yeah, and I'm just saying that because but, I'm a little upset. But like, yeah. Schwartz definitely would have been on the box. Oh, that's your boy. You have a man boner for him. It's hey, fine. man, hey, just like you got a man boner for Jet. Yes, like I do. Schwartz deserves that's a lot why more. I'm wearing the t-shirt. Um, no, like there was a lot more drama. The 450s, not so much. Nah, 450s, was but whatever. the 250s, there was a lot of drama. Jay Coop did what he did. Like I said, good for Jet. Joe Schmoda ended up on a high. Yep, Fortner. Feel gutted for him that first moto though. He like, definitely looked better there than he has all year. And yeah. it's an amazing thing considering, and we're not going to get into this, all the shit he's dealing with off track. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about Varese leading? 
Nah, yeah, I mean, his starts are really good. He faded back to 10th. Like, he did. It's but cool for him that he's getting it. Unfortunately, it's not going to As I'm transition. watching that and he's leading, I'm like, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Kitchen had another good ride through the pack in the first moto. I don't know what happened in the second moto. Like I said, Volan had a good ride. Um, yeah, I mean, there was not really much outside of that. Nope. Hunter was okay. Like I said, I still think that we're going to find out that he has a lot of issues going on. Probably. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, not really anybody else. Uh, Fry, another top 10. Just yep. there. Sucks for him because top 10 normally good enough to keep your ride, but he's just not going to. Um, yep. Yeah, there was, it, was, it was not the most exciting. The most exciting thing most of the day was, was watching Jet if he was going to throw away the title. That was basically it, which we all kind of yeah. knew that going in with the 450s being wrapped yeah. up and everything. I did like how, because they were only streaming the race, that we did 450s first and 250 second yeah. to kind of keep the excitement up and keep people watching. So I thought that was neat because when I first started, I was like, okay, cool, like 250 Moto 1, and then they're like, oh, 450s are going. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, and like Scott said, uh, congrats to him. Like that for second moto was awesome. Ryan yep. Surratt, eight eight for seventh overall. Yep. Like I understand the field was depleted, but damn, he rode really, really good. Well, Hartraft was up in like what fifth or sixth or something like that. I don't remember what he, he was, was in f- sixth. He was he was running well inside the whole. Uh, I also hope that Shocks. Uh, I know that he finished the second moto. I hope his shoulder is fine. Uh, his arm is really road rashed, but. I didn't hear anything else. Also, how crazy it is that we go the entire year other than the Millville incident with no first turn big shit happening. Yeah. And then the final moto of the 450s, yeah. like Dylan and Kenny. Yep. Like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but no, um, a lot more. I mean, I know that a lot of crazy shit didn't happen, but it was more eventful than I thought. Mosman was super disappointing to me. I'm going to be real honest with you. Like, I was, you thought he was going to win. I he, thought he was going to yeah, be on the box. He had a rough day. He did, but very disappointing. Um, yeah, not really much else. I mean, it was. No. Yeah. It would have been really gonna... wild, though, had Jet thrown that title away. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, because I'll tell you this and right I now. I was going to. The narrative would be changing on him. Yeah. I had he thrown be, that title away. I think it would be a lot different, but he but collected c- it. Congrats to him. Yep. Pretty cool. Supercross is going to be very, very interesting. At least he's got a title now before he goes 450. Yes, because if he moves up sooner rather than late, like what people thought, that's going to be interesting. And I'll be really honest with you. If I'm any of these dudes in the 250 class next year, I'm fighting with my team manager to race whatever coast Jet's not. Uh, I think there's only one dude and one dude only that's not afraid of him, and that's Colt. Because yeah. Colt was the only one that was like, you could be like, okay, like he was just as fast, if not faster than Jet. Everybody yeah. else, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Like, like I said. If I'm, if I'm Jay Coop, if I'm Forkner, if I'm any Mosman, any of those well, guys. Well, Forkner, we don't even mentally. I want to be... Fortner will not, not run on a, the same coast. Fortner will not run away from him, but once again, he's got his own shit he's got to deal with yeah, in Supercross. So, um, but like I said, yeah, Shmoda. I think if he's on the opposite coast of those two, I think he wins the title. But yeah, yeah uh, I I don't disagree with you at all. I, I really really don't. I think that Colt Nichols is the only guy that'll probably challenge him. But then again, we also Jets got to make it through a whole Supercross season without hitting the ground too. Uh, I think next year will be a lot better. I think there will. Be, I don't disagree, but we also thought that was going to happen. I think there this year. will be less nerves, and I think there. I think. Instead of being up, down, up, down, up, down like this, yeah. I think you're going to see more of a. Ooh. I don't disagree with you at all. I don't. I don't. So it's just one of those things that, like we say with everybody, we just got to see it before yeah. it happens. Um, but I don't disagree with that at all. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Now we got some downtime. Yep. Super so, cross. Thanks everyone for Thank another you. great year for watching. Thanks to all our sponsors: uh, BC Pizza, TLR Coatings, Premier Custom Trailers, Alias Sport, Complete Racing Solutions. JT Cycle, the Dirt Bike Depot, 
thank all of you guys for thank being you. on board. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you to everyone for watching. Anyone who's bought merch, anyone who's a Patreon supporter, anyone like that. Thank you all. Um, I mean, this is our what fifth year? Is that what we decided? This was year the first five? show we ever did was before 2017. Yeah, so this is year five for us. So this has been. <laughs> It's been a lot of shows. It's been a lot. 181 shows. Um, Like I said, we're going to take probably the next few weeks off here. We're going to probably come back in October because October 1 is when all the signings will come out for all the big names. So we can kind of talk about that. We're going to do a super show with Cooksey, Coach, hopefully Hopper, uh, maybe a couple other special guests I'm working on um, to uh, come on and we're going to do a big show. It's going to be a long show. We're going to fix the sport. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a long <laughs> show. Maybe that's a show we'll have to kick back a few beers or yeah, whatever. So anyway, uh, we'll have some content. Like I said, there's lots of content coming down the pipes for the YouTube channel. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We have the 450 builds starting next week. Those that video series. Uh, I have a bunch of different moto vlogs, which. You may like them, you may not. I mean, we've got practice track videos, we've got race videos, we've got all sorts of shit like that coming down the pipes. Um, we will have, uh, obviously, the Buck Bash stuff coming out because we have some dudes coming for that. So that'll be cool. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll fire up. Like I said, once we hit October, we'll probably do every couple of weeks uh, or so here uh, for shows. And then we'll fire back into next year. We've got some plans. I've got, I've been mulling around some ideas. Number one, we will actually cover the racing better next year. Uh, yeah. As far as on the show, I'm going to have specific time slots laid out so that we can do stuff like talk about the show for 45 minutes before we get people on to start talking random yeah. stuff about the sport. Uh, so we're just, I mean, this is always just well, a, a trial and error situation for us. The, so. the thing is, guys, to anybody that's wanting to see us just talk about the race, we apologize, like Travis just said. It's just one of those things because now we're shifting our, our show ter- towards different things. We have more guests on. We need to give them time, and I know that you guys understand this. We need to give them time to talk because that's the whole point of having them on there. And then kind of like what I said about Coach, like you just give him a topic. I love listening to him talk. Travis loves listening to him talk. And you just kind of go with it. Unfortunately, get away from the racing. So it's not that we're actively trying to not talk about the races. It's just one of those things that, like, when not a lot happens and our guests are on, like Scott having him on there yeah. talking about his days, best day ever, having Kev on talking about his, you know, factory for the day. Yep. Coach doing coach talking about his things. Like, coach talking about coach stuff. Yeah. It's not like we're actively not trying to talk about the race. It's just one of those things that when we have these guys on, we got to give them the floor to talk. Yep. And I know you guys understand that. We just want you to know that we're not not trying to talk about the races. And like I said, we're always trying to adjust um, the show. Obviously, we've transitioned a bunch of different times here throughout the years through what we do, the studio setup, whole nine yards. Uh, which we're going to continue to do. We're going to try to make it better. That's why like, we've got the podcast set up now, so we have better audio. We can have guests on, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're just going to continue to adjust. And like I said, we've heard you guys tell us about covering the races because you missed that part of it. We will adjust to make that happen for you. Um, we're going to be, like I said, we're working with Clutch Media now. Um, so we're going to work on some Patreon things. Um, to really get that Patreon page going. I appreciate you guys that were on there are still, I think we still have one dude that's on there that's been on there forever. And I don't know if maybe you just forgot to cancel his subscription. I'm not sure. Well, if not, thank you. Yeah, but we do appreciate you guys 100%. Um, So yeah, so we're definitely getting, trying to get some stuff come down the tubes here and make some stuff happen. So thank you. Thank thank you. Thank you you to everyone. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to 
Morans, Coach, and Meshi for coming on tonight. We were going to cold call Hubert, but it's I'm done. My yeah, butt well, hurts. Thank, thank you to, to Hubert for coming on for his interviews this year. Yep. Thank you for Bobby Piazza for coming on. Thank you, Cooksey. Yep. Thank you, Toolman Dan. Thank you, Johnny Hopper. Chiz. Thank you, Darkside. Thank you, Chiz. Uh, who else did we have on? You had the guy from Dirt Bike Depot back for the Indy Supercross. Max, yep. Thank you for him coming on. Uh, even Cole. Thank you. Yeah, thank th- you, buddy. Thanks, Cole, for being here for Supercross. Yeah, thanks, bud. Oh, Marvin Muscan, Supercross only. Son of a gun. Yeah, we didn't even cover that. Yeah, That's Supercross fine. only. He's dead. We'll talk about He's that. He's retiring after thing. the year. It's fine. So, Justin, thank you thank for you, co-hosting. Buddy. Yeah, you know, we're committed. We're committed. We're committed. So, all um, right. This has been show 181. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you in a few weeks. <laughs>